0: Shooter's yeah. Radio Universe yeah. It's a new day, yes it is I am Vaughn Johnson You got me mad now You know you got a bicycle Feeling good All well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit build- of Let me do this again, oh it's live pal, sorry We ride the a bicycle in this arena?
1: With my main man Pots and Pants, Nick McCone That's me I
0: don't know where the kid is that was riding it But he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring
1: Smile so at you and kick your face off I don't know that one the man!
0: But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs>
2: you know that
0: he boy.
1: know that wrestling boy. <laughs> <laughs> give
0: me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah!
1: What's up ladies and gentlemen out there at internet land and welcome to episode 284 of the Stray Shooters. Available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacona, Philly Voice, and Philly Influencer, and we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us here for episode 284. We got a lot to talk about. We got some current events, and we got a deep dive. So hopefully not one of our longer shows, but it might be, because we got a lot to talk about. Our deep dive this week will be on the eighth installment of In Your House, Beware of Dog, one and two, we're going to cover them both, (laughs) which the first one took place, I guess it'll be a week from now, as we record this on May 19th, but the, what would that be, the 25th anniversary of this show, would be coming up soon, uh, as we record this, like I said, Uh, so the first installment at least, and then the second installment would be two days later, the 25th anniversary of that, so uh, we're going to talk about all the things surrounding the show, 25 years, of course. 25 since. years since this show. So, we don't want to be
3: like WWE and call it the anniversary. I guess it's technically not the 25th
1: anniversary. Well, it would be, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's the 20
1: It'd be 25 five an- 20 years. Year anniversary. Would it be? Yeah, it'd be 25 years, so 25th anniversary. It's not the 25th annual like WrestleMania was uh, in 2009. The 25th anniversary of... Wrestle- been the 25th anniversary of the first WrestleMania would have been 2010 mm. but the 25th annual event was 2009 that's where they messed that whole thing up but I, this would be
3: yes yes
1: coming up yeah we're recording this on may 19th happy cane day by the way <laughs> um may 26th will be the 25th anniversary of this show
3: yeah wow i totally look stupid right now but it's all
1: right wow It's okay. It's all right. Don't worry. What a way to
3: start the show for me.
1: You can edit it out if you want.
3: We'll we'll see.
1: (laughs) But besides that, we'll talk all about that and everything surrounding the storm, the literal storm surrounding that show. uh, That literally surrounded that show (laughs) uh, back in May 26, 1996. But we got some current events to talk about. We're going to start it off here with some controversy. Not only really controversial now, I guess, but it's still controversial, kinda. Well, let's start it off with the fact that NXT made some releases today. Okay. Uh, some big names on that list Vanessa Bourne, Jessamine Duke, who was uh, a fixture on Up Up Down Down in recent months, uh, Alexander Wolf, who was a, once a part of Sanity, now he's a part of Emporium, but apparently he tweeted that his contract expires next month, so. Not necessarily a release, I guess. More so just if they're not, you know, going to re-sign him. But the name that tops the list, the most name, the name that stands out the most is official referee Drake Drakeworths.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: a lot of people are feeling that way today. <laughs> a lot of people are feeling that way today. But before we do this, I can't skip ahead too far. Before we talk about Drake Wirtz, who is not our main man, Pots and pans, I got to check in <laughs> with my main man, Pots and pans, Nick McCone. How you doing tonight, my good brother?
3: Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to this weekend. My buddy's getting married and Kate May, so it's going to be the first uh, foray into the wild for me in over a year. Where <laughs> into be the sur- wild. <laughs> where I'll be surrounded by people, all, everybody fully vaccinated, so a little, you know, comfort comforting to know that, uh, the people I'll be around for two days, and you know, I'll be down there Friday for a rehearsal dinner, because I'm in the wedding, so that'll be fun, and then on Saturday is the wedding, and then Sunday we have a mass for uh, my mother, close to home, so I'll actually be coming home Saturday night, so I won't be drinking too much, I don't I do not do the whole drinking and driving gimmick, so I'll uh, yeah, have, have a good time this weekend, I'm looking forward to it.
1: I've been in the wild recently, and it's uh, things are slightly different, but they're, they're still coming back to normal. Like you can tell, people are like putting this pandemic in the rear view. They are. The Phillies
3: actually <laughs> just announced, you know, moments ago that masks will not be uh, required starting Friday at home games. So, even if you're unvaccinated, you know they're going to suggest you wear a mask if you're unvaccinated, but they're not going to enforce you know the requirement. So, I, I mean, I hope we're on the other side of this, but you just never know.
1: Yeah, that pretty much means no one's going to wear a mask at the Phillies game <laughs> much. for the foreseeable future. <laughs> that's what that means, pretty yeah. much.
3: And hopefully so, they stay off the field, but hey, that, that helped us win a game last night. So <laughs> yeah, That's <laughs> a like different two story. Or, two or three fans were on the field in the course of an inning. It's like, what is, what is going on? But hey, the Phillies came back and won
1: hey (laughs) whatever it takes (laughs) by any any means necessary right (laughs) but uh yeah it's hot too by the way yeah
3: summer is here i have my air going on right now so
1: it's hot as hell we used to have a weekly conversation about the weather and we haven't recently but we want to bring it back now it's hot here in philly i think it got i think it was over 90 today
3: wow um Here's another thing. I will wear my mask outdoors when it comes to the pollen. So uh, I'm not spending 30, 40 bucks for allergy medicine every two weeks. Uh, Just so I don't have to wear a mask outside. I'll just wear a mask outside until the pollen pollen season ends and I'll go about my business. That's how I work. If you see people wearing a mask and you're not a fan of it outdoors, don't say anything. Just let it go. It's okay. Leave them alone. Okay.
1: (laughs) If anything, not just for COVID reasons, you could probably still wear the masks in general just for germs. <laughs> like, yeah. Because yeah. apparently this past season, this past flu season was one of the lowest on record. And, you know, same thing with colds and stuff like that. Because I'm like, hey, if you're not just breathing on each other all the time, maybe we don't spread germs as quickly <laughs> and as easily as we did before. Hmm. So, especially I think during like, like I said, flu season, cold season, the mask should be a thing still. Um you know, maybe you feel differently during the summer and it's hot and you want to get your enjoy your newfound freedom, but don't throw those masks in the trash now. Or or buy some new ones come cold season, something like that. So yeah. Yeah. That 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 should probably be and probably will be a permanent fixture in our society. Maybe not by the majority of people, because I'm sure people just turning up future uh mask off and like don't they mask in the trash. But Uh, And just logically speaking, it it works as far as spreading germs, stuff like that. So that's a thing. But you know who doesn't like those masks, boy? I have a good idea. You know who's staunchly against those masks? Hmm. Hmm. To the point that he goes to school board meetings in (laughs) Seminole County, Florida, railing against masks Hmm. because apparently mask wearing promotes help sexual predators abduct children and put them in sexual uh, trafficking, sex trafficking and all that type of stuff. Think of the children, right? All this is coming from the guy I mentioned earlier, Drake Wertz, who was officially released earlier today from NXT, from WWE. Uh, he's been there since 2014. I forgot he had been there that long. Wow! But Jeez. his run comes to an end. And a hail of controversy. All you got to do is look back at David Bixenspan's feed and see all the... He- David Bixenspan has been uh, like He's on, on top, top of all of these it, little yeah. meetings that uh, Words has been a part of, whether in person or over like Zoom or something like that, where he is talking about these alt-right conspiracy theories, uh, whether they're alt-right or not, whatever. They're conspiracy theories, because none of these things are based in facts. Mm-hmm. They're all mostly hypotheticals, even. I and mean, not even real issues. Like it's funny how people can get so hyped up for hypothetical issues, but there are real things that are happening in this world mm-hmm. that really affect people, like you know poverty or trans rights or you know whatever that really affect people and they don't have a word to say about them, yeah, or they low, don't care. Low, 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 yeah, level on their priority list. Huh, right. But these things that don't happen, it's like mask causing ch- children to be abducted at an alarming rate, that hasn't happened. Where's the evidence? But, like where are the right. None. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, he went to his church and found out or something. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> he's been doing this in public. In one uh, instance, wearing an NXT shirt <laughs> or yeah. NXT, uh, I guess, article of clothing. It was a it was a top. I don't know if it was a shirt or if it was a track jacket or something. But it had the NXT logo prominently featured on it. And he's doing these things, and he's been. So that's one thing. Out in the public, he's been. An issue for WWE. And you could imagine. That also spills behind the scenes. (laughs) Where he's pretty much been. uh, uh, Let me back up. Backtrack a little bit. Publicly. He's been known to be a proud boy. Which. Most people. Know as a racist organization. That's. You know. Misogynist. Among other things. Like I said. Also racist. Uh, And then of course. Behind the scenes. You got people who are uncomfortable. With these things. And he's been causing issues and wwe or nxt i I guess i could say has given him i guess multiple chances uh but they were at the end of their route i mean earlier this year they suspended him because he's been doing all these things and getting in just stirring up stuff you know Mm -hmm. people he was saying slick things to people of color people of color just didn't rock with him at all he almost got to a fight with one of the talent or they almost fought him i should say because he probably said something offensive and there's a story, the story's out by Sean Ross Sapp, who's breaking all this news, so shout out to Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful. Gotta give credit where credit is due. Uh, he puts up a story, pretty much documenting all the stuff that Drake Words has gotten into over the last year and change, where he, apparently last year sometime, Triple H, I think before the In Your House show, which I think that was about June or July, which is around the time that the Black Lives Matter movement really, like, came to the forefront of the conversation in our country, especially after the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, uh, spec- you know, I guess it's not the deaths, the murders of both of them. And um, Triple H had a big speech backstage talking about Black Lives Matter and how everyone from all walks of life, any ethnic background, nationality, and religious background are all welcome into NXT, which even if you don't think Triple H is being genuine, and what he's saying is all performative, because at that time there's a lot of performative things being done to show that they were, you know, you know, promoting equality. But let's say for gives Triple H a bit benefit of the doubt and believes that he was genuine in his feelings, which we have no reason to doubt that. Uh, he, you know, apparently when he said religions, Drake Wirtz gets up in the huff, grabs his things aggressively, and storms out the meeting. Mind you, this is Triple H talking. He kind of runs the show down there. It's kind of a legend, too, in the wrestling business. Kind of just just without being all, you know, without everything else that's happened with Drake Wirtz, that's also disrespectful to your boss. Yeah. You don't just get up in the middle of a meeting while they're talking angrily, you know, uh, without explanation. Uh, so that's just a couple of things that, you know, uh, Drake Wirtz has gotten into. Uh, and it's, it's wild to think that before all this stuff has started to come out, till recently, like like I said, maybe a year or so uh, ago, you really hadn't heard really any bad things about Drake words other you know, like he was a deathmatch guy who was apparently the nicest person in the world. Uh, he had gotten his life back on track, gotten into wrestling, created a name for himself, got to WWE, not as a wrestler, but as a referee. So that meant he was taking he didn't take any more bumps, he wasn't doing deathmatches anymore. It seemed like, man, good for him, man, he found a good spot, he's got a good job, he can do this job for, I mean, I don't know how long, because he's a referee, he's not taking any bumps. So you imagine making good money, and I personally had met Drake Woods when he, I I guess a year or two into his time at WWE, when NXT had house shows here at the Tower Theater, back in, I believe, 2015, and I was being walked around backstage by my man Joe Villa who, from WWPR. I'm not sure if you had any dealings with Joe Villa, Nick.
3: Yeah, just uh, emails, but never met him in person. But
1: Joe Villa's a good yeah. guy. He recently departed WWE like, last month, something like that. He landed on his feet, so shout out to Joe Villa. Big Jets fan, Joe Villa. E. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was walking me through backstage, and one of the people I bumped into was Jake Wurz? and he's like, hey, man, oh, you're Vaughn Johnson, like, he knew who I was, which was like, look, I ain't no celebrity, obviously, but it's like, what, you know you know me, and he's like, yeah, man, I was oh, great, you do great work, man, I enjoy your stuff, man, keep up the good work, and I was like, damn, that's dope, like, all the things I've heard about this guy must be true, like, he just didn't know me right. from a can, well, he did know me, I guess, but he didn't. <laughs> He didn't have to say anything. The kid just kept going about his business. So I was always remember that interaction. It's like, man, that's that was cool as hell. And then you hear about this stuff that, from recently. And it's like, that's disappointing. It's yeah. like, damn, what the hell happened? Like, I think we know what happened. It's like this, our planet kind of changed. In the, cause I think that was 2015 when NXT first started running house shows here or around the country in general. A little thing happened the next year called the presidential election. <laughs> and then Trump got elected. And, you know... A lot of people kind of went off yeah. to the conspiracy theory end of things. And maybe, and I guess Drake was one of them. And here we are. He is out of WWE at least. So I don't know if you had any more to add to that. Uh, I kind of said a lot there. I did a lot yeah. of talking. But Well, uh, you know,
3: you, you said it. You met him in person. You had that interaction with him, which probably makes it all the more disappointing uh, coming from you. Whereas I had no interaction with him. I saw Drake at... CCW events and saw him in matches. And I even said before we started recording this that it really seemed like at the events I was at, like he was almost like Combat Zone Wrestling's John Cena to a degree. Maybe he wasn't the world champion for a long period of time or multiple times, but he had that respect from that crowd to where, you know, whether he was playing a babyface or heel, and I'm pretty sure he was just like a straight up babyface at the times that I saw him, uh, you know, and it was at the very end of his tenure there because. Like I didn't even remember he went to WWE in 2014. That seems like so long ago, but uh, you know I'd only been watching him maybe a couple of years since CCW, So uh, seeing him go there and like I heard all the same stories you did. I never had that personal interaction with him, but I heard the same stories. Where was a great guy, like good for him to land a job with WWE. Everyone was happy for him. It's like oh, he could have a nice life and retire comfortably. And like he's that he's that dude. And then all of a sudden, I think it was last summer, the first inkling I had when I saw like an Instagram post of him at a Proud Boys event or something like that. And I think Matt Morgan was involved too. And it's just like, whoa, like what is going on here? And then it just kind of snowballed from there and into what we now know him as, you know, like a conspiracy theorist guy that is going around pushing these conspiracies, not only in the workplace, but, you know, it it almost is like, oh, great, well, now he's not working there anymore. He's probably going to dive full force into this conspiracy yeah. theory type thing. and He's uh, got time on his hands now. Yeah,
1: yeah. so that that's going to be... Uh, and the fact that he was fired can stoke his like anger and be like, this right, is what exactly. happened to me because I was speaking the truth Exa- and blah, exactly, blah, blah. You know? Exactly,
3: like cancel culture and all that stuff. So right. that's a, another thing to keep an eye on. Hopefully, you know, people are smartened up to that. But, like, I, I think we are. I think we've seen how this has changed, like, just from last summer and how, like, he's changed. And I noticed he was uh, suspended recently, I remember reading. Yes, and then I noticed he was back on TV last night. And I was just like, oh, like, okay, he's back then. But now we get the news today that he, along with, you know, others were released. So uh, he might not be the only one, and I don't think it's necessarily, you know, they released a few just to mask that because Drake Wirtz's release is not going to go under the radar no matter what they do, so... Uh, I don't know whoever is trying to say like oh WWE like WWE can be criticized for a lot but uh, you know they're not trying to mask Drake Re- versus release <laughs> right right now with uh, all the other releases but
1: uh, and they typically don't announce like NXT releases Like they will right. announce main roster people but they don't really like put up social media posts about uh, NXT guys and gals yeah that's true um, so. but which is again let me aside unfortunate for people that lost their jobs today so. Uh, you know shout out to all of you guys who are uh, looking for work now Uh, hope you know all you guys land on your feet Jake Wirtz he he can go somewhere but I'm sure he'll find
3: something he's in Florida right so
1: (laughs) that's true Uh, that's true and I've heard he's already put out like you know calls to people that you know he's available and I mean I'm sure a wrestling promoter somewhere is going to book him because this is wrestling there are no there are uh, morals aren't necessarily like just flowing through pro wrestling, no. like pools, you know what I'm saying, man, imagine right. that.
3: Like you'll be our biggest heel. Come in, and you know you'll be the proud boy. <laughs> it's like, oh come on.
1: Oh god, yeah. I maybe, hope he's not. You... I, hope, I hope he's not wrestling no more. I hope he's just a, a referee just for his own body's yeah. sake. He hasn't wrestled in years. Probably he'll be, the, like,
3: he'll be like a heel ref, like uh, Nick
1: Patrick maybe. or something. <laughs> maybe we got manager or something like that, and talking yeah, yeah. Because he he got up in front of those school board meetings and. Mind you, they were like they were pushing for masks, and this is in Florida. And they're right, like, Yeah, we should right. keep masks on for these kids, you know. You know, they don't they're not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And he got up there and cut some promos. He did. You know what I'm saying? He, he one did. one of them he was crying. Like, what? What is going on here? Yeah. This, and this how strong like, he how, how
3: far away was that from like performative? Like maybe he's just you know, tried to Perform in
1: that way. Like are those tears real? Like what the hell's going on here? Like maybe they is, maybe they were real. Or and is that's, he so far gone? Like it, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they, they were real, and that's the sadder part of it. Right. You know, he fully believes what's what's going on here. So um yeah. People smoking that Drake pack tonight, apparently. <laughs> 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 uh Drake words pack, I guess. I don't know, man. It's just Bizarre stuff, bro. It is. WWE, which is owned, obviously, by conservative people, including Lyndon McMahon, who ran for, mm. uh, what was it, Senator? Yeah. I believe. Senator. Or yeah. a Republican ticket, and runs helps run a Super PAC, I, I believe, down in Florida.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and one of the people that was like, you know, talk about, you know, the election was stolen and stuff like that. So, like, this is a company that, at people at the top, the tippy top, are like probably... I don't know if they believe in the conspiracy theory stuff, but they're, they're probably a line if you would have do like a t-chart of things that they like believe politically, they probably agree more with Drake worse than he would disagree, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah. he's still like just not a good person to have in the locker room when you got a bunch of people no, who are like, I'm, no, I can't rock with him.
3: Right, exactly. And it's like a hostile work environment. Uh, wildly criticizing people that get vaccines, like that's not right. his. That's not his, you know, boundary t- to say anything like that. Like we don't do it in public education. So why the hell would he get away with it? You know, and in also- a company that has so 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 many people. First of all. And that are running vaccination campaigns, you know. Right. That's what
1: I'm saying. The company is promoting vaccines. They are doing vaccine PSAs because at the end of the day, WWE is a business. Yeah. Regardless of what side they fall on politically, they are a business and they want people back in them seats soon, safely, and not only safely, just, just they want the governments, the state and local governments to be like, Hey, we'll allow twenty five percent, fifty percent capacity in these arenas they want that to happen sooner or later so we can start selling tickets again. <laughs> so yes, get these vaccines. <laughs> like yeah. and here you are contradicting that. It's like what the hell? Like, bruh, we're trying to make money out here. You you going against that? <laughs> Cause you know if people ain't getting vaccinated, that means we people aren't gonna be back in these arenas anytime soon. Right. Right. But that's not the case. People are getting vaccinated and you know, maybe not at the rate that people would love, but it's at the rate that the you know, it's a, enough that like you said we said earlier about the Phillies and you know, and other stadiums around all the stadiums around the country and arenas that there's going to be fans back in these arenas and stadiums, and pretty soon it's going to be like full capacity. Like, that might happen by like next month, yeah, in baseball, yeah. like in hockey and basketball during the playoffs. Like, that could happen soon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could, I, I could easily envision a time where and look, this is just speculation. You know, I'm not, I'm not in I'm not a, uh, it's based off of just. My uneducated guess, I guess, but I can envision
3: breaking news. Oh, whoa.
1: No, it's not breaking news. <laughs> I can envision maybe by the NBA finals there being four arenas.
3: Yeah, because that's why in like the cities a, two two months away. You know, it's gonna be in July. That's not right? even. I
1: think the NBA finals happen in June.
3: Is it gonna be in June? I know maybe the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm thinking about, and uh I know one of them is like could extend into July, which is rare because maybe you know, the yeah. normal seasons end in June, but I think one of them uh, let's like talking about July
1: dates so I mean maybe maybe extend. you're right about that yeah they're in July this year so we're talking about two months
2: yeah
1: because yeah, usually I think the NBA finals typically happen in June, but I think cause yeah. they started the season a little bit later right uh, it's going to go into July, which is okay you know it's fine but um, yeah, but that could happen, and that's two months from now. You know, less than two months. A month and a half. Right? Mm-hmm. That's possible. In it my is. my opinion, yeah. so. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, Drake Work is gone from WWE. Uh, a lot of people are happy. It's just... You can be happy that he's gone because he's not... You know. It's just... It's just odd because WWE, right. they had to do it. They I guess they, they held him on to him for as long as they could, I guess. I don't know why they held him to him for this long, honestly. But... Yeah, it, go. it's good to
3: it's good to see that you know NXT. Maybe the roster is made up of people that don't deal with that stuff. You know, like they make yeah. their opinion you known. Like this guy is spreading conspiracy theories. It's one thing to have a difference of opinion, but yeah. when your c- conspiracy theories are involved, that's like a whole nother ball game. So and you're spreading uh, they, misinformation. They having it,
1: yeah. You're spreading misinformation that could be harmful to the public. Yes, you are a problem. Like you said, you could be conservative. And I'm sure there are, there, WWE has its share of conservatives. Mm-hmm. But if you're spreading anti-vaccine, anti-mask stuff, which could be harmful to the public, you got issues. Uh, moving on from that, leaving that in the past, look look toward the future here. <laughs> With AEW announcing today that in January 2022, they're moving from TNT to TBS, which is Turner's other, I guess, cable television station, Turner Broadcast Station. Of course, TBS is known, you know, Super Station. If you're a wrestling fan from back in the day, you know about 605 on the Superstation. because TBS is not like new to wrestling, but maybe some people forgot about TBS. There's some people who who are younger than us, who only know, who probably don't even know wrestling was on TNT back in the day,
3: oh, <laughs> in WCW. Now, when they rebranded. TBS very funny there's a whole population a whole generation that just knows TBS for that
1: right but before TNT there was TBS and then they moved to TNT and then with, with Nitro and stuff like that uh, but even still when they was on, TN- on TNT they had uh, I think was the Saturday Night was on TBS
3: yeah and then Thunder and Thunder and Thunder yeah. was on TBS yeah so, so that's when they stopped not- the Clash of the Champions the Clash of the Champions were like that TBS special uh, quarterly but then they stopped that once Thunder came because that was every week
1: Right. In addition so to this,
3: Saturday night. So they had two show two, two hour shows on TBS each week, which is crazy.
1: Right. More than what they had on TNT. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: but so this is not TBS's 1st foray into pro wrestling, obviously. Uh but AEW, January twenty twenty two, two hours, TBS prime time. And it came out, I think the president of T of, of Turner Broadcasting said that like, hey, this the NHL does have something to do with this, because uh next season the NHL will be moving to TNT, uh, I think it's ESPN and TNT will get NHL's broadcasting rights, but they will have games on TNT next year alongside the NHL, not the NHL, the NBA, I should say. Um, so they're going to be on TBS two hours prom time every week, and but also they're going to have a third hour of television, which apparently Tony Khan said they would offer, uh, or the discussions that. They can make dynamite three hours, and it's like no. Let's just have a separate hour of TV, which I agree with Tony Khan. Good decision on that. Yeah, uh that will be on TNT called Rampage. So, not sure. I'm, I'm assuming it's a wrestling show, but we're not sure how that's going to be compared to like a uh Dark or Elevation. You know how this show will. I'm sure this show will be higher in the pecking order than those two shows. Uh, because it's on national television, but that show was debuting August 13th of this year. Uh, so that will come on, I, think, I believe, Saturdays, 10 o'clock. I think that's a Saturday, right?
3: It was... Uh, I thought it was Friday.
1: Yes, it is Friday. Fridays, yeah. 10 o'clock. So you go out, watch SmackDown on Fox, 8 to 10. Turn it on the TNT, yeah, and you got AEW Rampage. So... How about that? Also, apparently, they got a little bump in money for this move, yeah, yeah, which is good, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, you figure moving stations, you know, they would Turner would have to sweeten the pot a little bit because uh, right. moving stations, that once, uh, you know,
1: moving stations, and they're adding another night, right? I mean, adding another hour of television, right. I should say. So yeah, that that if you if you're going to produce another hour of television, that costs money. That's literally the reason why WWE did three hours of Raw because is like, hey, we'll pay you for the extra hour. And it's like, okay. And here we are almost a decade later and still getting three hours every week. So the same yeah. happens for AEW. So that's a win. Uh, apparently, TBS is in more homes than TNT, slightly more, uh, like a couple hundred thousand more. And they're also technically in more homes than USA, which, of course, airs Raw still. So yeah, that's uh, you know, like
3: I I like the move. I think it's smart, but my original, you know, my initial, I should say, reaction was kind of like, "Damn, that sucks!" Like, I like Dynamite being on TNT. I'm used to it now. They got the TNT title, like you know, it's just what about to be the Superstation title? Yeah, (laughs) I guarantee you, they'll probably call it that instead of the TBS title, or maybe change it to television title. But yeah, just uh, make it a television title. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I was getting used to it. And then I'm like, oh, man, like, they have to move to a whole other station. I remember when Raw had to move to Spike TV uh, when it was TNN. And, you know, they had this whole thing. And then they went back, that, like, the rebranding of TNN as Spike TV. And then they went back to USA. So, uh, you know, it's not easy, man, especially when you're still trying to carve your footprint into the pro wrestling landscape. Like, you're you're still the number two promotion, you know, process. Probably worldwide, but still, like you're still cementing your product in that time slot on a certain station. Now you got you're moving after two years, just over two years. So, I mean, hopefully it's you know an easy transition because they are going to TBS and it's not you know it's different than you going from USA to TNN, which you know WWE did with Raw after the ECW. I think it was after their ECW like deal expired or ECW was gone by then. So I guess TNN wanted wrestling, so they offered it up to WWE. And uh, th- this is a little different. This is uh, going from one Turner station to another. But, you know, it's probably going to be a better thing for AEW in the long run. But reading it, my initial reaction was just like, damn, <laughs> kind of sucks, but in a way probably doesn't in the long run
1: here's here's the thing, I know some people might look at it as like, oh, the NHL came in and just got them and TNT said, here, bye, and put them on TBS but here's the thing about that TNT... They could have put the NHL on TBS if so they didn't, so Right, they put them on TNT, which I guess that's like their sports, or they have baseball on TBS so it's not necessarily like their sports yeah, station yeah, TNT is true. but TNT is where NHL and NBA are I think, do they air baseball games on TBS year-round or just for the playoffs?
3: You know, I think it might start at a certain point, maybe in September, but I don't think it's year-round. I definitely think it's like playoff or playoffs
1: and uh, anything. They definitely have postseason baseball on TBS. Yeah, Know that for sure. And I think some regular season baseball, like you said. But they, being on TNT would help as far as cross-promotion. You know, like we talked about before AEW aired, they're going to have Marv Albert, Kenny Albert, you know, all the people... Or Kevin Harlan, I should say, uh, promoting AEW during a basketball game. And now that could happen. That could have happened during an NHL game, too. And I remember, what was it? Marv Albert said Chris Jericho's name wrong (laughs) during (laughs) one of the. He said, Chris Jericho! (laughs) And the foul! And, you know, (laughs) went right along. Wait, (laughs) it was Chris Jericho? That's That's what he said. You don't remember that? stupid idiot! Oh man, yeah. One, yeah. That's true. I do
3: remember uh that, but I forget like what exactly
1: the word. You just made the list Yeah, he made the list for that one. But shout out to Marvaba, he's retiring after the playoffs this year, so uh legendary broadcaster. Uh just had a bad read on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we all have him. I've had my share on this show. Uh, I'm sure. No, not you. Oh yeah. yeah. When I nah, said no, my what, what I say, the wrong date what, what, that one time? Yeah, that was my fault. Well, and I still read it, so it's my fault. <laughs> but, uh, but they don't have to worry about being preempted by those shows or being a lead-in or being, you know, having those shows being a lead-in but running over because sometimes NHL games, especially in the playoffs, yeah, four or five overtimes, yeah, man, it's intense. You know, <laughs> right? Heaven forbid that happens before an episode of Dynamite, right? <laughs> so you go to TBS. Where they don't have like a ton of original shows. Like I think TNT has a good amount of original shows. TBS has like the Go Big Show. They have Wipeout, which has John Cena. Uh, Go Big Show has Cody, Cody Rhodes, and they have baseball at least for at least a portion of the year. If not, I don't know if this entire season or not. But so there's less. They're pretty much on that network as far as especially as far as live content. They're on that network by themselves right where in tnt there's two other entities two big entities that's on a network with them breaking being live breaking news (laughs) no no breaking news i apologize (laughs) but so they have pretty much tbs to themselves for the most part as a live piece of content which as i talked about in the show before is very important to networks that's why they pay literally billions of dollars for it. it's a live element it's a last bastion of hope against these streaming services, which, for the most part, don't have live, exclusive live, con- live content, live sports content, for that matter. You know, except for, like, Amazon, they got the Thursday Night Football package this year, which they yeah. paid a smooth billion dollars for. Mm. So, you got that, and I know Tony Khan apparently, or somebody said that they they won't be preempted uh, by sports, but they, that can still happen, whether if it's a baseball game, or there's a little tournament in March, Called the NCAA Double Men's Basketball yeah, Tournament. Yeah, that's gonna prevent uh, present. Uh, well, I mean, it could. They, we don't know.
3: Usually, before this year, games weren't usually played. I mean, the play-in games were on Wednesdays, but then they usually do like have a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday type format
1: for the Can first it- round. Yeah, but I don't know how they do specifically how to do like the Elite Eight or the Sweet Sixteen. Hmm. Uh, the Final Four obviously is going to be. On CBS primetime Saturday. That's usually Saturday, Monday. Uh, but the first two rounds, like you said, first four f- in the round of sixteen and thirty-two. I'm not sure exactly how. I not no, that's Thursday through Sunday. But the round of the yeah. sweet sixteen and elite eight. I'm not sure how they schedule that typically. Maybe that's also a weekend type of thing.
3: Um, yeah, I just had like you know, I can't remember back, but that's just I remember you know being at work and we would start. We get hyped up on Wednesdays, and then Thursdays, boom, we watch, you know, the games. Right, and the, the first round. And stuff.
2: <laughs>
1: right, and During I think. off periods. <laughs> yeah, I'm not told. I think maybe the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight happen over the weekend, too. So maybe they won't have to worry about that, but that's still something that, like, you got to think about. Right. You know, maybe TNT made some promises, like, hey, man, you don't have to worry about this because X, Y, Z, like, we don't even play games on Wednesdays, like you just said. <laughs> yeah. So.
3: Dynamite on True TV. For this week.
1: <laughs> no, you don't want that.
3: And then you have the impractical jokers come out and be
1: like, hey, what up <laughs> That's happened before though. They have they, they gotten did. bumped the to true TV, before, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: Who? Let's uh Dynamite? Yeah. I don't I'm remember sure They got Dynamite being bumped the true TV.
1: But... Oh, I could have sworn that happened before. I can look maybe. it up, but I could have sworn that happened before. Like once. Maybe like once. <laughs> uh maybe for baseball. Hmm. I don't know. No, that no, i, I that
3: October, September,
1: October, probably,
3: if that did happen.
1: True TV. I don't know, <laughs> but so I, I don't know. Either way, it's a it's a move. They get money out of it. That's a most. That's a very important thing. Yeah, there aren't too many wrestling promotions. I'm not sure what the deal is between MLW and Vice. You know, um, that's a new thing now. Uh, I don't yeah, know if they announced no. whether there's some financial terms in that. I'm sure there are, but I don't know who's getting what. But there aren't too many promoters getting millions of dollars for their television rights. So I can tell you that, and it's fine. They get an extra hour of television, which is good. You know what I'm saying? Like it's an extra hour to promote your product. Well, and it's like a magazine type show that'd be cool. Nah, I think that's gonna be wrestling. AEW live. That's Wire. gonna be wrestling. AEW live. Nah, that's be, Let's go. That's gonna be wrestling. Maybe Elevation becomes that show or something. Like that's a YouTube show. But they're gonna have wrestling. It's just do they have four shows of wrestling, or did they turn one of those into like you said, like a recap show? That's a lot to book four wrestling shows.
3: It is. I figure like a Friday is a good day to recap what happened two days ago on Dynamite. I mean, why not? Why not show highlights the way Live Wire did? You just show like short clips and stuff of what happened Wednesday. Have like live interviews and stuff like that. I mean, like it could it could still do it. Um, but I do wonder what format. I just hope it's not like matches that don't mean anything. I, I know they keep rankings and stuff, but dark is way too long. Elevation, I don't watch. And that's like just my choice. You know, it, it's not like appointment YouTube TV thing, you know, for me. And, you know, hopefully this new show on cable, which I will be DVRing, you know, hopefully it's worth it. Hopefully it's worth a watch and not something I just have to delete
1: we we'll watching. I, I, I'd imagine that um, Rampage will be the number two show for AEW. I would. I mean, they would, would be stupid not to promote it as such. Right, it's on, that's TV. on TV. I do think a, a YouTube show is a good idea. Oh yeah, yes. I, I could definitely. So much talent. That. They they got to right. use them.
3: Right. Just not three hours.
1: You know, every week. <laughs> No, yeah, that's 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 long. I mean, some people just had to miss a week, <laughs> you know. Like, and also, how do you do this logistically as far as when they get back on the road? Right. And that, that's why I think, you know, get back
3: on the road is key to where they won't be doing, you know, these 3-hour dark tapings because that just adds to the live dynamite or whatever. And right. maybe they just stay in Daly's place, and maybe they do it a different night and they have people that's come true. to Daly's place like I don't know. I don't know how that's going to look during football season, you
1: know. So well, Daily's Place is like an amphitheater, right, so that, yeah. they might have concerts back there, too, or something like that. Whatever they had at Daily's Place before the pandemic, I would imagine those would pick back up. Um, but I would imagine they would shoot Rampage before Dark, not before Dark, before Dynamite. I would be cool if they shot Dark or Elevation at Daily's Place and it's like you work your way up the ladder now you're on the road you know you know you're, right, you're, you're on, right, you're on yeah. the big shows now you're on TV too so like it'd and that be would cool, be like cool because that's
3: you know AW wants that sports presentation and right still haven't seen it other than the rankings
1: but that would go a long way they got, to, they got win-loss records uh, well <laughs> I got win-loss records okay I gotta give them credit for that at least they do have win-loss records I'm not giving them credit for nothing <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Daily's Place does have concerts. They're going to the Jonas Brothers at Listen, some point. AW's this summer. got
3: good stuff. I do enjoy their product to a degree, but for me, they're still not different than WWE. They, they're not, in my mind, like my personal preference, when I watch it, I don't see different than WWE. Like, I still see the same type of stuff. So, I'm, yeah, they, I'm, I'm just honestly, if you want to watch something that's
1: like that's different and that's on like American television right now. MLW might be the place to go if you want. Listen, something like I was a product. big fan
3: of that before the pandemic hit. I, I would watch that every week, uh, and then when NWA came, and like I would watch Power every week. So those were like the two of my favorite programs at the time. Uh, MLW now is they're they're showing like replays of stuff because you know once they start you know taping again, then they're going to show the the new episodes on Vice. But right now they're showing you know like replays, and I'm enjoying it so. Uh, you know, right. I like that type they, of stuff. It it resonates with me in twenty twenty one, and uh right, honestly, they have the old stuff. So
1: <laughs> they got a uh, they got uh, what you gonna call it uh, time limits. They got um they call them fights. They don't call them matches. They call them fights. Uh, they have like a dra- they're gonna have like a draft where like each faction in in the MLW could draft talent. Like it's a lot a lot of stuff going on. I like different it. there from like you said what you see on M- on AEW. Uh, that's doesn't mimic WWE. That's how you, you got to stand out somehow in this wrestling business. And then, AEW is not necessarily standing out more so that they have a lot of talent and they right. got a multi-billionaire backing it. Right. And what that I, I don't I mean do is like, bad; it's still good. Right.
3: But the biggest thing I love about AEW is that that War Games cage, like that, real that was so that was different than like a Hell in a Cell or a War Games cage. Like to me, that at least felt different, even though. Some people about might have just been like, okay, like I don't see a lot of difference between this and like what I've seen before. But for me, I was like, dude, this is awesome. Like, I really liked that spectacle. So it's what I like the most right now about AEW. <laughs> Blood and guts matches every week. Let's go. <laughs> every week?
1: Every week. <laughs> every week. Jeez. All right. Now that we got some good news out the way about the pro wrestling business, because it is good news, even though it's like more of like a lateral move, it's still good news, because AEW got some money out of it, so good for them, yeah. but we got transitioned transition to some bad news, some unfortunate news that broke Friday, Friday afternoon, Friday night, and that Jerome Young, better known to the world as New Jack, passed away of a heart attack at the age of 58, Friday, in his home in North Carolina. Um, very sudden, he wasn't like, as far as anybody knew, had like health issues, um, and yeah, it's just sad that, you know, that happened. And of course, all the tributes come out, because that's what happens when people die. And the one thing that a lot of people said the most about New Jack was that he was authentic because we talked about it in this podcast and one if there's a trait that is like kind of common among great wrestling i guess characters is that they are kind of the person who's playing it but the volume turned all the way up and that was new Jack I don't think he was, the volume was ever turned down with new jack <laughs> right with as far as his character so uh what was it wasn't, it wasn't really a character it was him it was jerome young yeah who had multiple justifiable homicides uh, to his name. It's crazy. We had just talked about New Jack on our prior episode last week when we talked about WrestlePalooza and him having the match with Bam Bam Bigelow and uh, the matches that would have the song Natural Born Killers playing throughout the match, which you do not hear on WWE Network now because of, you know, <laughs> musical rights. ECW did not have permission to use that song, but they used it anyway. Um,. But yeah, man, it was just it felt seemed like he finally uh, got his life, you know, on track and it was settling down, and then this happens. It's like damn. But he lived a hard life, man. Like he he was not he was not shy about saying how much you know all the drugs he did. We talked about he's probably high when he jumped off that balcony at Palooza, Right? Uh, he did some crazy stuff in the ring, threw Vic Grimes off a scaffold when Vic Grimes did not give him permission to do that. Almost killed Vic Grimes. Yeah. Um, But he grew up... He had a hard life, man. And and obviously, part of... You know, drugs are part of that. But his childhood was pretty rough. Uh, Seeing his mom get stabbed by her... You know, his dad... Multiple times. And shot her and stuff like that. And all this crazy stuff that happened in his childhood. we talked about it a couple weeks ago. And that... Your childhood seemed like the most important years of your life. Because they can really dictate the rest of your life sometimes what happens to you in your childhood and the traumas they can just follow you the rest of your life and that's pretty much what happened to new jack you know not giving him excuses for what he stuff some of the stuff he did uh but that's just what happened sometimes you gotta look at that stuff and be like man that's that's probably part of the reason why he, the way he is but you know for for all his faults or for all the things you can talk about and one thing he was was definitely authentic he can cut up a hell of a promo in which one of you once you put up uh, the day he passed, or the day after he passed, I think it was the day of, right?
3: It was the night of, yeah. Uh, it was during SmackDown. Yeah, the actually. night of.
1: Yeah. And he had a ton of promos, other promos he talked about. Um, there's another one I saw somebody put up where he talked about. I'm not even sure if this is an actual true story, but one of his family members who was a child passed away uh, or was murdered from a stray bullet while he was sleeping. And he talked about, like, man no matter how much money I've made, it wasn't quite enough to save his life. And he said, I called Mustafa, I was like, Mustafa, we gotta win these tag titles because I need to make money because I gotta get my family out of that, out of the hood. It's like, if you didn't want to root for the gangsters after that, Jesus, you must not have a soul. Yeah, or you're racist. Right? (laughs) That too. (laughs) But... Then he, of course he had promos with Smoky Mountain when he you know talked about OJ and all this yeah. other stuff, man. Yeah. And it's just wild stuff that pissed off a lot of white folks down in the South, um, for sure. And made them made the, the gangsters heels. But yeah, I man, mean, that's he, sad. He man. laid
3: into it too. Like he he was loving all that. Like he wasn't. He didn't feel like at least you know he didn't say if he did or not. But like he he just wanted something to you know like it, it was vintage wrestling business like whatever it took to get a reaction negative positive whatever he was baby face heel uh, he would do it I saw a tweet and I forget her name but it was somebody who I think was a photographer and she was at the ECW arena one day and before a show she's she had tweeted that she took New Jack to like you know, a a place to get a shirt, an O.J. shirt. It was like a – all it had was like a picture of O.J. in the courtroom and not guilty, and he just wanted to wear that to be like a heel or something like that night for the the show. So, you know, that's what he did. Like just anything to to get that reaction. You know, like he he understood it from the start, and he laid into it whenever he could, which was like almost all the time, if not all the time. So, yeah, he was – he was something, man. Just looking yeah, back at man, these like ECW a- shows, I just don't like. I don't. <laughs> it's crazy for me to think that I was like watching that as like a twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old, like yeah, get him, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know, just thinking it's real, like uh oh, WWF, WCW is fake, but what New Jack does, you can't fake that.
1: <laughs> You can't, you can't fake what he did to mass transit. No, unfortunately, no, which no, almost no. got him arrested. I mean, he did get him? I think it did get him arrested, but he almost went to jail or yeah. Yeah. something like that. He got off with that. He, 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 I think he was acquitted or whatever. He didn't go to jail for that, uh, which was an ugly situation. Um, but yeah, he was not a perfect person whatsoever. All I do is watch the uh, dark side of the ring on him for that. Uh, where he talks about, you know, he wanted to his last, spend his last days in a wheelchair doing cocaine, giving people the middle <laughs> finger. And, like, Jesus. How about that? Like, um, get, being
3: able to get that Dark Side of the Ring, you know, episode done. And, you know, just, like, that gave me a whole, like, it was great watching that. But it's almost like, man, like, did he have to die so, so soon, like, after that? <laughs> and it's like,
1: damn. Yeah, it's sad, man. I, and I can't help but like think about like uh, Nick Gage, who just got a dark side right. of the gun of him as well. Right. Who's also been through a lot of things. Yeah. And it's kind of like almost like a white version of New Jack, how authentic <laughs> he is. Like New Jack was out here in these streets. He was a bounty hunter. He got justifiable homicides, and Nick Gage was convicted of robbing a bank. Uh, spent multiple years in jail. You know what I'm saying? But like, has seemingly turned his life around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, probably sooner than New Jack did in his life. Uh, got in good shape and all that stuff. And really, you know, trying to... it got legions of fans, New Jack. Like, not New Jack. Uh, He had legions of fans, too. But Nick Gage has got loyal, loyal fans Uh, that love him. And the same thing for New Jack. People loved New Jack. If you... Yeah. You may not... There are a lot of people who probably will look, look at New Jack, but, oh, my God. But, like, the people who love New Jack, they love New Jack. And the same for, like, a Nick Gage. You just hope that, uh, you know, it looked like, you know, the stuff that New Jack did back in the day caught up to him. And it his heart attack. Yeah. And you hope that, you know, Nick Gage caught his got, got his stuff together soon enough that he wouldn't die something like this too. So, you know, if that sounds right, you know, like yeah, well listen, I don't know. He talked about in his Dark Side of the Ring, he probably he said he said he's on probably die young, which is yeah, he kind of a that. wild thing to come to terms with. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know, I just watched the Shawn Michaels A D documentary and uh you know, he did a lot of drugs when he was younger, too. You know, before... Oh, yeah. ...during his main event run at WWE. Dur- and during the main event of what we're going to talk about and deep dive into later on. Uh, and that whole time frame. Like, he... in years after that. And, you know, you wonder, well, is he going to be one of those, you know, statistics as well? You know, it's just crazy to think about that how how, you know... The lifestyle was back then, and hopefully, it's not like that now. Uh, I mean, it, we don't hear that it is like that now, but you know, we also never know what's going on behind the closed doors either, unless we're behind them. But I just hope that you know the industry is in a better place and with the talent, not not needing you know, yeah. or feeling like they need those you know drugs, painkillers, like every night and every morning, and all that, and. Yeah, so I, I actually watched the Shawn Michaels documentary today uh, before we, we recorded, so that, that was fresh in my mind, and, you know, he went through a lot of the drugs that he did and kept doing, you know, even, at, like, lying to people, just saying, like, yeah, I'm not doing that, but, you know, he still was, so I'm sure he's not the only one either.
1: So it's just huh? it's a shame. Huh? It's, it catches up to you at some point, and it caught up the New Jack last Friday, so rest in peace to Jerome Young. Better known to the world as New Jack, yeah. uh, gone too soon. Uh, but I hope he, you know, he obviously died suddenly. But I hope he, he found some level of peace in his life before he uh, passed away, because that's important, you know, to, yeah. to find that. Because I'm, he's, I'm sure he's seen and done and been through a lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh, as a child, as an adult, and that could be chaotic. And you know, it seemed like he had. You know, kind of things, kind of st- he, he was on cameo, yeah. cameo yeah. and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And it just sucks, man. I know some people, man. there's a lot of these ECW guys. We talked about, like I said, with their of palooza. A lot of these guys died so young, man. Talk about uh, Ian Axel Rotten, Balls Mahoney, Chris Candido, Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, damn, and now New Jack gone before their. New Jack is probably one of the older ones. He's 58. He's almost 60. A lot of those guys died in their 40s, early 40s, mid 40s. So, uh, it's sad though, man. It's sad. He lived that hard, fast life. It has a tendency to catch up with you. But uh, New Jack, he was, I tell you what, he was an electric performer though. Like, I don't know like I, I almost hate using the word performer when it comes to new Jack because it was like he was himself like like when he was cutting the promos he didn't sound like a performer he sounded like a real person from the hood yeah. that was speaking his mind yep. and no one questioned his credentials he wasn't like putting on an act it was like no he's from where exactly where he said he's from yeah. <laughs> you know even if you didn't know about the, the, the justifiable homicides like no no he no he's he's his Street cred is unquestioned, like validated, stamped, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he could talk his ass off, bro. Like, if nothing else, he could, you know. You may not just love his wrestling matches or his hardcore matches, but that man could talk, bro. Like that promo you put up. Yeah. The day he died was, you know, if you get me, uh, I'm gonna get you back. If you <laughs> want to work, we can work. If you want to shoot, I'm. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> shoot, I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> It was like he's not lying.
3: No, it was him.
1: And then he, he just
3: like looked back at the camera, he's like, I'll be chess. Like you know, yeah. he let it resonate and then just repeat it. You know, and he did that. And it, it was clearly obviously unscripted, like man. And he's just such a great talker. Just captivated me with that specific promo. I remember watching it live on like hardcore T V that ninety eight in nineteen ninety eight and I was just like, Damn, this is awesome. And then I remember it was the, f- it, I remember the promo in my head. So that's what I was searching for last week to look for, and it was literally the first result that came up on YouTube. I was like, thank God, because <laughs> like I knew exactly what I was looking for, and I was able to find it right away. I wouldn't have known what date it was if I went on the WWE Network or anything like that. So thankfully, YouTube, you know, let us all enjoy that a little bit. <sighs> a lot of people enjoyed that one. <laughs> One of my favorite
1: ones yeah, that not was my dope. favorite one. Yep. That was dope. And I, like I said, I said that was incredible. And it was. And again, if, if you could take any, anything away from New Jack is, uh, from one, childhood trauma is a real thing uh, that people that you know need to really pay attention to and think about when people grow up to do some wild things in their life. What did they do in their childhood? And then, how can we correct that with the next generation of children? Uh, two, don't do drugs, <laughs> right? Uh, three, being authentic to who you are almost always works in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Almost always, and whether that is just to the wrestlers themselves, you know, being authentic to who you are works, or to a promotion like WWE, bro, which for whatever reason, just doesn't do that with people. They don't want them to be them true selves. And you look at, when did Becky Lynch take off? It's when she just started being more of like herself, like, more an authentic person. You know, got all the top stars and throughout history, with the exception of maybe, like, Hulk Hogan, which, he still, he kind of morphed into Hulk Hogan. He, he can't even separate Terry Bollea from Hulk Hogan. He is that person. Mm-hmm. He says brother a hundred times a day, I'm sure. Like, That's just who he is, but like, you look at Steve Austin, The Rock, all those guys that made big money, that were top stars, that were, uh, even like Undertaker, uh, uh, Triple H, uh, they were all, Undertaker wasn't really a dead person, but like that quiet, brooding person, that's kind of Mark Calloway, right? They all had a slice, a big slice of themselves in that character, so, that's what I'll take away from New Jack, man. He was raw as it got, bro, as raw as it got, and I wish that he could have made a name for himself on a, on, a, on a larger level I'm not sure if he would have lasted <laughs> but it would have been dope to at least have seen it so rest yeah. in peace to Jerome Young aka New Jack and with that we'll take a quick break here on the straight shooters but when we come back we're gonna deep dive into In Your House 8 Beware of Dog 1 and 2 <laughs> now that sounds weird. But we'll talk all about it after this break.
0: One, two, three. You're listening to the Straight Shooters, featuring Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone, giving you the best and worst in the world of professional wrestling past and present. The Straight Shooters Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora iHeartRadio, the Radio.com app, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You can become a patron of the Straight Shooters for only $2 per month by signing up at patreon.com forward slash Shooters Radio. You'll get exclusive content never before heard from two of the best. You can also listen to classic episodes of The Straight Shooters at ShootersRadio.com. He is the leader of the new WWF generation.
2: Shawn Michaels is a homewrecker.
0: He is the World Wrestling Federation Champion. Shawn Michaels ruined my life. I'm going to address this subject. I did not do this! Now Sean Michael, I want you to face your accuser! I want you to look into the eye of the woman that you tried to
2: tell I know that you want me.
0: Do not flatter yourself. When you must with the British! Plain and simple, this is character assassination! And I'm getting damn tired of it!
1: Yes, that promo was as bizarre as you think it was. <laughs> that was the opening video package to WWF's In Your House 8, Beware of Dog, took place May 26, 1996, almost 25 years ago at the Florence Civic Center in Florence, South Carolina. Yes, that was like the main story going into the show was that Shawn Michaels was apparently... Womanizer, specifically with married women. (laughs) He liked messing with married women, and In this case, it was Diana Hart Smith, the wife, of course, of Davey Boy Smith, and the sister of Owen and Bret Hart, you know, Uh, so that was strange (laughs) and like kind of like didn't fit with anything else WWE was doing at the time because like maybe by 98, it would have fit right on in. Mm Mm-hmm. But ninety six is just like what? But very strange it for it strange.
3: to be the second like story for Shawn Michaels to be involved in as champion. You know, he went into the April in Your House with Diesel, and then it holds bar match, and then they at the end of that, you know, is when they planted the seeds for this, where uh, you know the British Bulldog was outside of Shawn Michaels' dressing room during. Maybe it was before the match, and everyone was like, "What the hell is going on?" and It led to this, so the whole story they were saying was that he was trying to get with Diana Hart, which was just crazy. I don't know why they would pick that as the second storyline for the WWF champion. (laughs)
1: Strange, strange stuff. Strange, strange stuff. But before we get into all the strange happenings around in this show, you know what I got to ask you, Nick? Where were you in life around this time? In 1996. All right. I love this question.
3: Every week, I love (laughs) it. Uh, So, yeah, it was at the end of my fifth grade year. You know, this was at the end of May. It was, for some reason, I keep thinking of their May pay-per-views as being always on Mother's Day, but this one was actually on Memorial Day weekend. So it was a little later on. Uh, I was probably, I know I was out, so I had to be like at a family barbecue or something like that where... You know, we didn't go every single year, but sometimes we would, whether it be Memorial Day, July 4th, Labor Day, whatever. So I had to be at like a family thing. And I remember getting home and it was late, you know, that these pay-per-views started at 7 p.m. And I believe we got home like, you know, after 8 o'clock or something. So my mom had told me. You know we'll order the encore and you can tape the encore or whatever so i was like okay like that's great It'll be, it was the first time that ever happened really and the i think these pay-per-views were still you know like two hours and so they would be like 15 bucks so it wasn't like terrible for her so i you know got my tape ready and you know got home i think uh, i remember turning i think i turned on the pay per view after she I, she might have ordered it before that day so i think i remember turning on the the channel and we actually always used to get the encore so maybe maybe it was the fact that you know i got home and i was just going to watch the main event and then i was going to tape the encore because it was like already ordered so maybe she wasn't on the phone like when we got home and i remember <laughs> Being very confused because, you know, it was the main event or whatever. So I watched the whole main event. And then when I, I put the tape in and I was ready to record the encore starting at 9 o'clock. And we had the first match with no problems. Yeah, Mark Marrow and Triple H. No problems. And then it cut right to the main event. So I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, because <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm WWF super fan, Nick. So I knew there were other matches. Like three other matches, and my mom, I got you know. I told my mom I don't think I was like going nuts. I was like I tempered my like pissed offness, I guess, my anger. Your I anger? Te- I tempered it. <laughs> you notice how I said you anger after pissed offness?
1: An- right, you went straight over anger, and pissed offness. No, 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 no. There's a word for that: anger.
3: <laughs> so. Made I think up a my new mom was like up in her room at that time, just like watching TV or whatever. And I was like, so the whole, like the main events on now, I don't know why it was like nine 20 or whatever, you know? So I was so confused. She got on the phone and I think she had been told by the, you know, obviously people all around the country lost their satellite feed of the pay-per-view. So it probably just went dark on their pay-per-view providers. So my I guess my mom had said there was a storm or whatever. And uh, I was very confused at the time. I didn't know what the hell that meant. I was like, okay, so what does that have to do with, you know, it going straight to the main event? <laughs> you know, like I didn't understand things at the time. And I, I don't think my mom <laughs> I don't care. Really meant-
1: <laughs> I wanted to see Steve Austin <laughs> and Savio Vega. That's exactly
3: what I wanted. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, was very confused. I still taped the encore, but it was – you know, the same, same stuff. So I only had those two matches. Luckily I would tape. I think it was for free. They would, they would, you know, anyone that ordered the pay-per-view got the Tuesday night uh, live pay-per-view second part of Bore of Dog for free. Uh, well, I guess technically not for free, but if you ordered the pay-per-view, you can tune in and you would get the, the three matches that were not delivered on Sunday night. So, I taped those right after the pay per view or right after the main event. So, my whole tape was all messed up. I hated it. I was like, I wanted everything to be in a certain order, damn it. And now I have, you know, Triple H and Mark Merrow and then Shawn Michaels and British Bulldog and then like all the Tuesday night matches after that. I was like, That was annoying. But <laughs> uh, yeah, needless to say, I was a little perturbed. And on top of the fact that I had no clue what the hell they were doing with Shawn Michaels and this whole storyline, I was just like, Okay, he's a good guy, obviously, so everyone else is a bad guy. <laughs> so clearly, Diana's lying, and uh, they're just trying to make Sean look bad, and he'll you know return the favor. And so, I was like, leading into that, that the promo on Raw where you know Diana slapped Sean, and then Sean was like, I guess we know who wears the pants in the Smith family. and Dogs, you know, they start brawling, and I remember I was watching that with my sister, and she kind of laughed, and I was like, "What the hell does that mean?" I don't know. (laughs) They both wear pants. (laughs) Don't they wear pants? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what the hell that meant. And like, what? (laughs) And I think she tried to explain it to me to where the man usually wears the pants, but I was like, "Yeah, but Mom wears pants all the time. What the hell are you talking about?" Like. So, didn't understand the euphemism at the time. And that is that those are the things that stood out to me the most in, in that time frame of my life.
1: Yeah, I was, I would have been seven years old not watching wrestling at this point because. Oh, no. It, I just, I just fell out of it. I told you, I've, I've said this before where I just I kind of fell out on, of it for a couple man. years. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. But I got back into it eventually, but. Uh, it's funny when I look at this show, and it's like the way WWF looked and the way WCW looked was almost like I want to say night and day. It just, you can tell WCW was the more hot promotion, the more happening promotion at that point. And WWF was doing some okay stuff, but like at that it just point, didn't though, look like the top promotion anymore. In May?
3: In May 96? 96? Yeah. <laughs> So, Razor Remote would debut, you know, the next night on Nitro, which is kind of crazy Nitro, to think about.
1: That's that is crazy to think about. But Nitro looked like a more polished show to me.
3: Hmm. Interesting,
1: more happening show. Obviously, the N.W.O. hadn't been a thing yet. Like you said, Sky Hall didn't debut to the next night. But it just—I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the set. Maybe got it's just me for sh-
3: Nitro. I love the set, so I would always think, like, right? Damn, this is cool.
1: <laughs> and then you think about what what eventually would happen with WCW. With NWO and everything else. It's just like... I don't know. It's just... WCW yeah. looked like the more... You know... Happening promotion at that point. But... Besides Shawn Michaels and... Sexual harassment things... That got pretty much overshadowed. So... The reason why this show is really remembered... It's not anything that really happened in the building. Well, I guess it technically affected what happened in the building. But it was a literal storm... <laughs> that hit the building... On the day of May 28th, 1996, May 26th, 1996 in Florence, South Carolina, it was such a severe rainstorm, thunderstorm, that the power got knocked out during the show. So, as you mentioned, we saw a couple matches that happened live in front of the audience that night, at least that were televised, but all the other matches happened before no television cameras, and some of them even in darkness, like Steve Austin and Salvio Vega. (laughs) So, (laughs) only two (laughs) matches took place in Florence, South Carolina, officially. It was the opening match, Triple H versus Mark Romero, and the WWE title match, Shawn Michaels and British Bulldog. All the other matches, officially, even though they did happen, they did happen in Florence, and WWF, I guess to their credit, acknowledged the fact that they did happen, specifically during Savio Vega and Steve Austin. They talked about how they, they did that match just two days ago, and they're doing it again. But that match, Yokozuna and um, Vader, and was there another match that happened on this show? I can't remember remember off the top of my head.
3: Undertaker, Goldust. There you go. Casket match. Which
1: is, technically, if you watch this on Peacock, is the main event (laughs) of this show. Which, I mean, it's a casket match. It wasn't like it was a terrible main event. I I forgot it was for the
3: Intercontinental title,
1: too. Right. So, if you watch this on Peacock or WWE Network, there's no footage of the power outage. There is footage that exists of this, though. That is on the internet, going like a Daily Emotion something like that. Where you see Vince McMahon and Jerry the King Lawler talking to people on like a normal microphone. You can barely hear them because the audio is all messed up. The lights are out. <laughs> and they're talking and they're talking and talking. Like, hey, you know, we're trying to come back and, you know, whatever. Not working. <laughs> right? And like I said, Steve Austin and Savio Vega wrestled a whole strap match in the dark. So... So, in order to make up for this, WWF said, alright, we're going to pretty much have all the matches that were supposed to happen on the pay-per-view. You order the encore. You can see them on Tuesday in the Charleston, North Charleston Coliseum in North Charleston, North Charleston South Carolina. So, May 28 1996 was called Beware of Dog 2. The fastest <laughs> sequel in history. Yeah. <laughs> alright? You thought... You know, Hangover 2 came out too soon? Well, you ain't see nothing when it comes to Beware of Dog 2. Okay. No, oh, not necessarily. Because they had like 4,000 fans in North Charleston <laughs> that, and on Tuesday, according to Wikipedia. that is. So, so. this was
3: clearly their general Superstars taping. Because that was basically the set they were using for Superstars at that point. Oh, uh, okay. And they, just, they just made it into the second pay-per-view. <laughs>
1: I mean, there you go. You do what you got to do.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they, they didn't want to give and, refunds
3: back. And they said, we'll give you free free wrestling.
1: <laughs> hey. I mean, look, I think it was, I don't think it was, a. I think it was handled well. Yeah. About yeah, WWF. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's unforeseen circumstances. I mean, they acknowledged during, I believe, the opening match that there was a storm. Yeah. And that yep. uh, Vince said it like, hey, the broadcast is interrupted. We won't be gone for too long. Sack. We won't see it for the next two days. (laughs) Uh, You can't tell Mother Nature what to do. So they knew there was a storm in the area and it might knock out the power, but I guess they just didn't think it would be that bad. Like you said, we're only going to be gone for a little bit and we'll be back, but not quite. So, but we got the show here. We start off the show. We got Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler on the call. Vince McMahon is yelling through his intro like he is wont to do, (laughs) you know. Uh, he is always. Oh, you heard it, you know, in the promo there. The World Wrestling Federation champion, Shawn Michaels. Ha <laughs> ha He's laughing and all that. He was louder than that. This McMahon. Uh. <laughs> and and Jerry Lawler says, you know, Shawn Michaels had to convince the world that he wasn't a womanizer. Oh no. <laughs> like, Which in on. reality he probably was. Yeah. Let's not forget yeah. that Shawn Michaels. Was having I, I don't know if you could have called it an affair from his standpoint. It was a definitely an affair from Sonny's standpoint. They had yeah. a whole relationship with Sonny while she was with Chris Candido. While Chris Candido was in the WWF locker room, uh, part of the Body Donnas, including uh, taking a trip to Jamaica with Sonny while she was with Candido. Like oh, it wasn't like uh, Shawn Michaels was a uh, an angel by any. The stretch of the imagination. That has been well documented over the years. So, I found that funny. This was about Shawn Michaels' morals, which even he probably would admit, like, I didn't have a whole lot of them back in 96.
3: Like, Imagine him as the babyface, boyhood, dream, champion. You're like, yeah, so what? She wanted it. Why not?
1: That would have gone over too
3: well, so...
1: No. No. But here we are. Beware of Dog (laughs) 1. And your opening match is Hunter Hurst helmsley versus Mark Merrow. Funny thing about this. The wild man. The wild man Mark Merrow. Who came out with Sable's music. I don't care what nobody said. That's always going to be Sable's music. Uh, (laughs) It fit much better for Sable than it did for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, But a week prior... Actually, this day, I guess. We're here on the 25th anniversary of, I believe, The Curtain Call.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, May 19th. I believe so. What's that? Yeah.
3: May 19th, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, as we're here on the 25th anniversary of that, so, <laughs> Triple H is a week removed from that as we get here on this show, okay, which means he is firmly... In the doghouse by this point. He is just beginning his time in the doghouse. Not Road Dog's doghouse. Not that doghouse, not the good one. But like the doghouse where he's gonna be losing matches for quite a long time. And he's gonna he's be stripped of his opportunity to win the King of the Ring tournament. Oh no. Which set in you know, set in uh, motion a chain of events that really changed the wrestling business. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I'm pretty sure if you know anything about Stone Cold Steve Austin's career, you know about this. But for those that for some reason don't know, we'll talk about it a little bit later. <laughs> uh, the whole thing about this this match was that, you know, Sable for like a night, which I believe was at WrestleMania. Uh, she was with Triple H as his valet. She, she no longer his valet. She's with her husband at this point, or I, or I believe they were married or they were together. Mark Merrow, Uh And Mark Merrow's in the back looking crazy. Like he just yeah. What did we call it back in the day? Maniacism? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll call it that. Maniacism. Yeah, we'll call it that. And he says, Welcome to the jungle. Because he's the wild man. He's from yeah, the jungle. Yeah. He's like Tarzan, essentially. Yeah. You know, I guess. But he's I had
3: know. two uh, Johnny. He's, he's had two Little Richard type uh, gimmicks thrown at him one by WCW and then one by the WWF. <laughs> I,
1: that's. But, because it's a Little Richard, I guess. I don't know. He's like, well, the he's wild of, like a wild man of rock and roll, man. Oh, well, I guess. But I think did they, come
3: out? they didn't come out and say it. I think they just said that. But then it's like, ah, oh, the jungle. They added that in just so there was no yeah. the, maybe no legal issues. I don't know. Yeah. But Little Richard rock, was a t- t- wild man of rock and roll. so
1: That's fair. And they look Not me that much. So. They did look alike. That's why I became Johnny B. Be bad and... Yeah. <laughs> WCW That's what I much. always
3: put two and two together. I assume they call him the Wild
1: Man because of the Little Richard stuff. So, mm-hmm. you probably got a point there, but uh, Mark Marrow. all honestly, all jokes aside, I think he was underrated as a talent. Uh, I thought he was very athletic. I mean, he was like the high flyer of his day, which is wild to think about now because he was like pretty jacked up. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't yeah. like a luchador. No, he skipped or, like that like a like, lot. <laughs> I guess, but. He, you know, when you're a Golden Gloves boxer, I guess you're not so worried about your leagues as much. But <laughs> but that's, that's my point, though. He's a Golden Gloves, Gloves champion, and he was, like, the high flyer for that time period. I thought things didn't work out for him in the long run as far as wrestling. But I think if you were to take Mark Marrow and put him, like, somehow put him in a time machine and bring him into 2021, I think he could be a, a guy on the roster that can be a, a probably upper-mid-card guy. Am I am I tripping?
3: No, I liked him in this era. I didn't like him after his injury. I thought they kind of messed with him a little bit, and I just don't think he was the same. But this era Mark Marrow, absolutely.
1: I thought he was talented. Maybe he was kind of over in WCW. I thought he was more over in WCW than what he was in WWF. I think this <sighs> and his commentary didn't help mark merrow yeah and i guess you know, sable took
3: a lot of the attention away too and that, yeah, that started pushing that and uh right. like, good for her but at the same time uh you're you're gonna have mark Marrow like come out without sable and he'll get booed you know that's how over sable yeah. was so she was Which, I know, mean, just as part of his gimmick as he was
1: to WWF's credit, they eventually turned him into a heel. Tried to get some heat from it, but it just didn't work. It, you know, work in the long run. Yeah. But I thought he had a good run going for himself in w I think he's like TV champion or something like that. Um, yeah. Or well, US champion, one of those. He, he didn't win the world title, I obviously. I think he was TV but, champ. I think you're right about that. Right, so. Um, but this match, Triple H worked over Meryl's shoulder a lot. um, And then Vince McMahon, you know is yelling his way through the match but of course king spends most of his time talking about how ugly sable was which i (laughs) i get he's a heel but geez we gotta we gotta stick to some type of reality at some point (laughs) like
3: and how pretty the woman that came out with hunter was and you know she was sitting next to him but she clearly was just like please stop talking like
1: It was bizarre. Bizarre very stuff. Much, very you, you much. You go back through these shows through the years and you hear Jerry Lawler's commentary and it's like, how? why, why was he so yeah. weird? Like, I, commentary. Like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to think JR and King was like the best. And now it's like, just JR, I guess. <laughs> King was okay. King would have his moments. But for the most part, he was just like, what, what the hell are you talking about, King? Yeah. And now he's. I I, I can go. I don't have to listen to him ever again on commentary. I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Um, But Merrill wins the match. He fights off Triple H and the the shoulder injury. Uh, He monkey flipped Triple H into the ring post. Well, he's supposed to go to the turnbuckle, but Triple H went all the way into the ring post, allowing Mark Merrill to pick up the win. So. Five stars. There you have that. Five stars. Yeah. Five stars. Why not? Why the hell not? Beware, of dog! Damn it! Let's do it. That,
3: that was one of the first uh, endings i i or finishes I should say I saw that where a guy just hit the steel ring post and got knocked out. Like I don't remember seeing that before this, and uh, I was like, oh, okay. Like what a weird way Triple H gets like all the offense in and then loses like that. <laughs> so here we go.
1: Look, it wouldn't be his last loss <laughs> of nineteen ninety six. Um, we go backstage to Mr. Perfect interviewing Jim Cornette and he's with British Bulldog who of course is challenging Shawn Michaels for the WWF title and they're joined by Owen Hart Clarence Mason and Diana Hart Smith and Clarence Mason's all banged up I don't know what, what happened to Clarence Mason that he was like on crutches and had his arm in a sling and like I kind of what happened to this man do I, you I kinda, remember
3: I kind of forget but I want to say like maybe someone just like grabbed him by his shirt and then he clearly just oversold it and he just made himself like so injured but somebody nice. just grabbed his shirt so i think it was like i don't remember someone's flat out like flat out beating his ass or anything like that <laughs> uh or i don't even know them like if anyone explained what happened to him and not like uh, he got beat up outside of Syracuse nightclub by nine marines or anything
1: like that mm, mm. but uh
3: <laughs> you know like
1: I just I like that story <laughs> there's nine people beating up one guy yeah. and nobody stopped this <laughs> yeah oh, hold on we gotta stop for a second hold on sidetrack because we've always heard this story about Shawn Michaels over the years and that it was in 93 94 before Wrestlemania 10 right wasn't that yeah, it when, when he had this, to drop the belt
3: this was uh October of
1: '95. 95, so, when he dropped, that's when he dropped the belt to Shane Douglas. Yes, yes. Dean Douglas De- back then. Dean, you know, Dean 100% Douglas, right. yeah. He got, he got suspended before WrestleMania 10. This is when he got hurt yes. and he dropped the belt to Dean Douglas, right? Yeah. And that's what we were talking about last week with Shane Douglas is like, oh, he gave me the belt, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and he was mad about it. All right. Yeah. So apparently, this is a night where... Diesel wasn't around. Hunter Hearst Hemsley wasn't around. So they were out in Europe. In a bar,
3: apparently they were in Europe. This was actually right. said. They kind of glossed over it, by the way, in the A and E biography. And all that Hunter and Kevin said was that they were in Europe. So okay, Scott Which is Hall, believable. Yeah. Kevin
1: Nash, and Triple H were in Europe. All his homies, all his big big homies, right? Who are all like six four and above? <laughs> all gone. He's out by himself. Okay, he's allowed to do that. Max and the chick, and apparently nine people beat the hell out of Shawn Michaels? I don't think it would have taken nine people to beat up Shawn Michaels. Uh, d- d- am I the only one that feels like is, this is exaggerated a little bit? Or, may, or is this 100% facts, and I'm just not... I'm just out of the loop? Facts. Nine people? <laughs> when all he oh, had was like guy? the British Bulldog and somebody else was there with him. That's it, too. Yeah, he, I forgot British Bulldog supposed to be there. I don't remember who this So maybe it was, was nine people.
3: But they didn't touch British Bulldog, you know, unless he scared them all away. But he didn't come come out with any uh, injuries or anything, at least as far as I remember. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering. But
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like you got nine people beating up – Maybe I, I feel like you would have Randy a lot Orton more
3: that. One of them did the Randy Orton punt.
1: Maybe. I don't know, man. Maybe it was just one guy who beat the hell out of Shawn Michaels, which is possible. And then nine people were just standing around. So
3: <laughs> he, he counted the feet. He's like, that's 18 feet. 18
1: <laughs> feet. 18 feet. Damn. I'm reading a story about this right now. Yeah, they, they beat him up. But, like... Uh, man, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it was a whole bunch of guys. Maybe it was maybe it was. I don't know. It just sounds wild. That nine people just beating the hell out of Shawn Michaels.
3: Yeah, they they kind of glossed over it that Sean was getting uh a little too big for his britches while at the bar and the ladies right. were kind of flocking to him and stuff like that. But which is that's they didn't that really can happen. Yeah, they didn't really like go into detail though. The way I th- I thought they might with these A and E biographies aren't you know exactly good. I just like, overall they're just kind of weird. But I enjoyed the Shawn Michaels one for what it was.
1: I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but uh, Ultimate Warriors I mean, I coming guess- up. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be interesting. To yeah. See the contrast between Dark Side of the Ring and the A&E documentary? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. Definitely going to compare and contrast. By the
3: way, have you seen the Book biography? I, I have. That was really good.
1: I thought it was pretty good. The beginning, especially when talking about his life growing up. Yeah. Um, it it might good. be the best
3: that they've aired so far, so... I didn't know a lot of his background. you know. I didn't
1: read a lot of his background, so I, I learned a lot from before he even got into wrestling. I, like, I knew both his parents had died. I knew he went to jail. Uh, I knew he was grew up in poverty. I forgot. I, I think I heard of, that he robbed a Wendy's. I didn't know he robbed one, his the own. same one like 20 times.
3: <laughs> his own,
1: right? The one he worked at. <laughs> the one he worked at. So his inside job 20 times. Something like that. Um, and I didn't know how his mother died. I didn't know she... Fell yeah. through this, you know, the ceiling oh, and yeah. fell through the floor and, and hurt her back real bad. So that's sad. But uh, no, I thought it was. I thought it was well done. Um, you always got to look at those A and E ones with a little bit of a, you know, that WWE's right. going to revise history a right. little bit. But yeah, for what they are, they're still pretty good. But the Dark Side of the Ring documentaries are where they're at. Yeah, those are the dope ones. Like yeah. I think the next one they're doing is Collision in Korea.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: that's one thing I d- don't know much about so I'm looking forward to that I'm going to learn something from that one because I never really looked into that show yeah so, me neither Me neither. So I'm looking forward to that one uh, but back to beware of dog beware of dog Cornette is all talking about the match the WWE title match later that night he talked about how he went to the athletic commission in South Carolina and got Owen Hart, a manager's license for the night. And I wrote down, like, I love the fact that that gap was filled in. for Like, it didn't even have to because nowadays a wrestler will just walk out with another wrestler and that's just it. Yeah. He's just in his corner. But back then, and I don't know if it's the corner decision or just how WWF was. They were a little more official things back then. But, like, he filled in that gap that just, not just WWE, but pro wrestling doesn't even bother to fill in anymore you know this sounds more official that way it sounds like there's actual protocols involved with pro wrestling which they exist in every other sport but just not pro wrestling for whatever reason like i don't know yeah. but i just like that i don't there's a little thing that i just like you know he yeah he had to get him a one-day license to be his manager
3: which is funny because what's prohibiting Cornette from going down there too i know he's he, like, said, yeah, he said he said he
1: had his focus on vader but you have your client has
3: a world title match. Like what the hell sense does that make? You're just gonna ignore the title match? <laughs> like, come on, Jim Cornette, Mr. Old School. Like
1: come <laughs> <on>. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense now that you mention it. But, but um, the Owen
3: Harder thing was great and he the way he showed the card, like whatever the hell it was that he was showing to the camera, and then he like right. put it in Davy's face. He's like, Look, look at this and Davy's like That's probably a three by
1: five <laughs> card with like random writing on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nowhere near a actual like licensed card. It's no, just like no. a random <laughs> piece of paper he had in his pocket that day. Which is hilarious. But here it is. Man. Right.
2: <laughs>
1: so good.
3: So good. I like this little thing, just made me laugh. I loved it.
1: Yeah, I, I liked it too. So we get to the match. British Bulldog makes his entrance. Diana Smith is also with British Bulldog along with Owen Hart. After that happens, we get an interview with Shawn Michaels with Doc Hendricks. <laughs> uh, who, of course, is better known as Michael PSAs, but on oh, this night, he's Doc what? Hendricks, damn it. <laughs> Doc Hendricks. And Michaels, of course, is with Jose Lothario. He cuts the promo, talks about how focused he is. He makes his way to the ring. On his way to the ring, though, no. he just confrontationally bumps into Mr. Perfect. Yeah. And it's like... Something gonna happen there between them two, like Dude, in the future? They, I don't remember anything teased, happening. They always
3: tease Mr. Perfect with like so much stuff, but it never panned out. I don't know if they I ever wanted him to get back in the ring. Yeah. But it was like they, Yeah, I want to see Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect for the title. Like that'd be awesome.
1: Man, but, That would have been dope, bro. That would have been crazy. In 97? Yeah. That would have been dope. I mean, he would eventually wrestle again for WCW. And of course, yeah. he went back to WWF before he passed away. But yeah, it was weird. Like you said, they were always kind of teased him and stuff, like the like Luger stuff at WrestleMania ten. Uh, and then on this night, they just bump into each other. Yeah, they teased him and give each back other. in the
3: ring with Triple H later this year. It's like they teased him a few times.
1: Right, oh, he had man. that baggy suit on at uh, what, what show was that we just watched not that long ago, uh, with Triple H going against uh, with Goldust.
3: Oh, oh, buried oh, alive.
1: Yeah. Was it buried alive? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had to have been buried alive, right? Yeah,
3: he did have a kind of a
1: baggy suit on. <laughs> I mean, it was ninety six, so you know that, <laughs> that was kind of the style, I guess. But yeah. in hindsight, it didn't look tremendous, ill fitting for a man of uh, Mister Perfect stature, right? Um, <laughs> uh, Vince does his usual over the top introduction of Shawn Michaels, uh, and then he mentioned that. People can catch the encore presentation of the show on Tuesday so they can see all the matches they missed. And I wrote that they missed quite a few. Now, like we said earlier, this was supposed to be the main event. But because the power was out for the rest of the show, this is like the second match (laughs) on the broadcast. For people
3: at home, yeah.
1: Right. And for the Peacock and WWE Network. Yeah. You know, this is the order that we've seen this match in. Mm Mm-hmm so he takes the time to mention that they can re and watch the whole thing again on tuesday to see the, the matches that they miss um so yeah big storm all hell broke loose and they lost power for a long time and they got this match out there um to end the night uh and then before the match we hear from clarence mason and hey, nick uh cue up clarence mason love it
0: what's this clarence mason Well, we can't hear what he's saying. What's he saying? Can I have your attention, please? Shawn Michaels, you have attempted, you, Shawn Michaels, have attempted to break up the very, very happy home of the British Bulldog and that precious little budding tulip, (laughs) Diana (laughs) Smith.
1: Butting tulip
0: single handedly
1: try to destroy the, the
0: very essence of family values.
1: My God, so when
0: the Smiths came to me and they retained my services, what? I assured them that your actions would cease and desist immediately.
1: Clarence Mason, legit worry about it. We've got enough problems on,
0: here in Florence, South Carolina <laughs> in front of thousands. And in front of the soul of proudier and the millions across America. Not you, a millions across America. Are hereby served with a summons. What? As a defendant, the charge attempted alienation of affection. You, sir, we will see in a court of law where justice is swift and hard. My what the hell is attempted? <laughs>
1: What the hell is attempted alienation of affection? What does that mean? You're trying to uh, divorce a Wreck couple. home?
3: Apparently, yeah.
1: It's I didn't know law, being a apparently. homewrecker was against the law. Well, you thought be. that was just it's, m- it's, against like uh, I thought that was just being messy. <laughs> that was it. Like
3: <laughs> that's the legal term for it. Being being messy.
1: Right. <laughs> you just out here being messy. I didn't know that was illegal. Like illegal. I mean, I can. See, I, I mean, I can see it. I mean you know cheating so, on your spouse is adultery you according can, you to know, you can lose a divorce
3: according to legal source wikipedia uh, alienation of affections is a common law tort abolished in many dur- jurisdictions so it pretty much does oh, not man. yeah it does <laughs> pretty much does not exist but uh just
1: like yay <laughs> yeah, where we, we out here
3: <laughs> where it still stands where Bre- it still exists an action is brought by a spouse against a third party alleged to be responsible for damaging the marriage, most often resulting wow. in divorce. So, wow.
1: yeah, I think that exists still. I think that exists in North Carolina still. Really? I'll talk about why so, off the air. Okay. okay. Oh, <laughs> I'll talk I, about uh, I'll talk uh, about why I know that off the air. Why uh, I believe that.
3: Uh, in addition to that, it says the defendant which in this case would be Shawn Michaels, is in an alienation of affection suit, is typically an adulterous spouse's lover. Although family members, counselors, and therapists, or clergy members who have advised a spouse to seek divorce have also been sued for alienation of affection.
1: All right, look. Look. Does it say where this still exists?
3: So as of 2016, it's recognized in the following states. Hawaii. North Carolina, so you're right about that. Mm. Mississippi, that's- New Mexico, South Dakota, and Utah.
1: <laughs> look, Utah. Yeah, right. I, I, look, like I said, there's a reason why I know that this happened in North Carolina. We'll talk about that off the air. <laughs> I was going to leave it at that. Um, but that's wild. And home records everywhere. Are just like, we're going to wreck as many homes as possible now. Yes. <laughs> Abolish that. Unreal. Unreal. Alienation <laughs> attempted alienation of, of affection. That's a weird term, too. It really is. Alienation of affection. Attempted. You didn't succeed. That's <laughs> only attempted. Um, so yes. In nineteen ninety six, Shawn Michaels, in a storyline, was served with a, a summons. He was served. Before a match. Again, this is like two years too early. This is like two or three years before I expected this. I expected this to happen in like 98, 99, 2000. Mm -hmm. This happened in 96. Before the Attitude Era started. So this is kind of weird here in 96. Very much much so. Um, Shawn Michaels reads the summons. Tears it in half. (laughs) And off we go. We got the match. And the match is a match. You're watching it. And I'm watching it. And it's just like... Something feels off. Like the timing <laughs> just isn't right. And then at one point, Bulldog has Shawn Michaels in a headlock. I have to fight. And this you can spotlight. see Shawn Michaels. <laughs> right. He's talking to Earl Hebner. And you he can see him like something ain't going right with him. And he's just like visibly frustrated by something. Like he's about to get up. And then when he gets, something didn't go his way, he goes right back down and starts talking again. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Didn't I dig into it? It's like apparently Shawn Michaels was just in a bad mood this day. And. On top of that, he was getting heckled by a fan that he didn't appreciate for some reason. Like, all right, did you this, hear
3: that? You could hear her
1: yelling. I I did hear her, especially I like have these damn boat headphones on. But go ahead, go ahead. To some of the fans around ringside, could you refer
0: please hear he as a award Yeah. Owen Hart. Owen Hart wearing a oh God. In <laughs> <wrist> <laughs> Your and says, shut up. And, uh, Shawn and then uh,
3: Shawn Michaels Michael says, somebody. "Shut up, you fat skank." You can read his nice. lips. Yeah, that's what he said. Look, those are, not my, those are not my words. So those are Shawn Michaels' words. I was just saying that right. because I read his
2: lips.
1: Don't get me wrong. That's annoying. But don't be unprofessional. Like, you have both, paying... both
3: of them saying that. Like, both right. of them were done with it.
1: The, can you imagine what they'd say? Like... And the night after WrestleMania, like <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> they be trying to he, fight everybody crowd, in the building.
3: The whole crowd was like staring in that direction too. I couldn't help but notice. Like they weren't even paying attention to the match in the ring; they were staring at wherever this woman was.
1: Look, she was annoying, but she's still a paying customer. As long as she's not saying anything disparaging about you, she can yell. Is it annoying? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, annoying. But, but like,
3: they, they didn't ignore it.
1: <laughs> like, uh, like, did she say anything? Like. Personal about Shawn Michaels or Bulldog or like I don't know, like if she I don't know. She was being annoying though. Maybe she was to trying to point- get him
3: to alienate her affection or something.
1: Wow. wow <laughs> Wow. Towards her husband. Man, come alienate disaffection here. That's wild. <laughs> Well, I guess Sean so Michaels doesn't want to do that. According, <laughs> according to you, he called her a fat skank. Yikes! Yeah,
3: I mean, I saw it, and then I was kind of looking. I googled it to see like what people that have already reviewed the show like said about it, and they, you know, a lot of them use those words. And then I watched it, and it really looks like he's saying that. I mean. Ugh
1: sean michaels did an interview not that long ago on the bump your favorite show ah the best we talked about this match and he talked about how you know he wasn't in a good mood or just a mm. terrible day and he said because of the storm they had to have like three matches planned just in case the lights would go out or whatever so oh, i guess no. he was flustered by that oh no or he was just flustered because you saw michaels in 1996 and that was right. just like his natural state right and also, he didn't mention at least in the quote that I saw. I didn't mention the fan that was heckling him, mm. which is like, still. I mean, if they throw something at you, all right, you got right to be upset. But if one fan <laughs> out of thousands are like, is is that you can't get? Come on, just be professional. Keep doing what you got to do. Why are you cussing out the fan here? Do work the match, yeah. and because you didn't stay focused and didn't stay in the moment, the match suffered, and you got you know British Bulldog. They're running the ropes. And British Bulldog just jumps out of Shawn Michaels' way. And Shawn Michaels goes flying out the ring. Yeah, like, yeah, the, that was What the weird hell too. was supposed to happen there? Yeah, that was And weird then at one too. point, Bulldog knocks the hell out of Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner was flying was great, out of the ring. That was
3: a great bump. That's the best thing Earl Hebner's ever done. That was a great that bump. That was
1: a great bump. That's a crazy bump. Right? Yeah. So this match was just weird. It was a very weird match. And then, of course, on top of that, we get a weird ending. Yeah. <laughs> Or a controversial one. It wasn't necessarily weird. It was just that Shawn Michaels hits a pretty good German suplex. I, I like this German suplex. Gets a German suplex. Yeah. Looks like he bridges for a pin. The, after Earl Hebner got knocked out of the ring, a new referee comes down. He counts. One, two, three. Shawn Michaels' music plays. So he, oh, Shawn Michaels won because he just hit the move. Clearly, he pinned. British Bulldog. Ref, the new referee comes over, though, and raises... British Bulldog saying he apparently and this is reference, my with Mike Yoder, he apparently only counted Shawn Michaels' shoulders on the mat. Mm-mm. Which is like how in the hell did you do that? You were... British Bulldog is lying on the mat. <laughs> we're unbelievable. On his back. But Shawn Michaels is the one who's getting pinned. Okay. <laughs> who's he trying to You know Shawn Michaels is the one that's just... He just did the move. Never mind. Right. So... British Bulldog is announced by uh, Howard Finkel as the new World Wrestling Federation champion. But then Earl Hebner comes back into the ring and he disputes Kyoto's decision and raises Shawn Michaels' hand. He, for somehow, off screen, but off to the side too, with his feet on the floor, ducks his head into the ring and his arm and counts on the mat. He counts (laughs) British Bulldog's shoulders down. Does he not see Kyoto in there? Like. (laughs) Right, counting at the same exact time. Right, so now we have controversy. We got some. We got some. We got to figure this stuff out. At some point, while they're trying to figure this out, Diana Hart Smith gets out of the ring with the belt. She takes the title, <laughs> and she holds up the belt with this, you know, this angry look on her face. Like, yeah, we got the belt. Problem is, the problem is the belt is upside down, yeah. <laughs> which is great. So that shot is ruined. <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> that shot is all the way ruined. And then Gorilla Monsoon comes out and pretty much says Will
0: you stop?
1: <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Snatches a belt away from her, gets into the ring, and talks to the officials, they hash it out, and they come to the, you know, to the decision that it was a draw. Both shoulders are counted on the mat, which is probably it's the best decision at the end of the day. Just a weird way of getting there. Because somehow Mike Yoda just countered Shawn Michaels' shoulders. I don't get it. Uh, Jim Cornette was pissed off that there was a draw. He wanted to <laughs> yeah. fight people. Yeah. Um, Diana Hart-Smith was confused. Is it me, or does she just look like she just looked un- just looked uncomfortable on camera? Like she it's
3: like she never had confidence in what what she was told to do. She just looked like she unsure was Unsure of herself. She was, like, focused on what... Yes, like hyper focused on what she had. to do. The camera was on her for so long, and she had like no reaction. And then she would kind of like notice the camera was on her. So she'd be like, "Come on, Davy, like, <laughs> okay, like, jeez."
1: Yeah. I mean, not everybody's cut off. Holding,
3: holding the belt upside down, like, come on. But you figure, yes, like, yeah. she had a big role in the SummerSlam '92 match, where especially that night, you know, she was in, she was interviewed in the crowd, and then she came in the ring after Bret Hart and British Bulldogs match. So. I mean, I figured at this point she would be used to whatever, you know, they asked her to do. But, yeah, this whole angle, maybe it was the angle. Maybe it was the story. Because, you know, British Bulldog quit over this. <laughs> you know, like, he technically mm. quit over this. And they wound up, you know, able to bring him back. And uh, I think, I, I, is it Bruce Pritchard that talks about it on his podcast? I think, it, I think it's Probably. him. It uh, talks about, yeah, like, British Bulldog quit over this storyline. So, I'm sure Diana was just not feeling it from the start, but
1: they went on with it. Yeah. I don't blame her. This storyline sucked. Yeah, it's weird. And, and she hits him with the, I know you want me, Sean. And he goes, don't flatter yourself. Like, yeah. that's not great. <laughs> like, she, no, no. Like, she didn't want that to happen on TV. No. So, With
3: all due respect, though, do not
1: flatter yourself. <laughs> with all due respect, though. Once you say with all due respect, you pretty much say whatever you want after that. (laughs) That's like the rule. Exactly. That's the artificial rule of society. Like you can say whatever you want, as long as you put with all due respect in front of it. Like with all due respect, I think you're a trash human being. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fine. And they can't get mad at you, right? But I said with all due respect, right?
3: Yeah. It's your fault that you're offended. (laughs) You know. right.
1: <laughs> I gave you the respect, and yeah, I cried you a trash human being, but I said with all due respect, so leave me alone. Like you said, it's your fault, not mine. <laughs> uh, so after this match, we suddenly transition to the sequel, Beware of Dog 2, <laughs> which yeah. two days later in North Charleston, South Carolina... Which we now have commentary from Jim Ross and Mr. Perfect, which All is like right. refreshing almost. It <laughs> is <laughs> like God, because Vince McMahon's commentary can be rough, and then we already talked about Jerry Lawler's commentary can be rough sometimes. But Jim Ross in 1996 was just on top of his game, right? Like he he called it more like a sport with a sprinkle of entertainment whereas Vince would just go over the top and all the pomp and circumstance that comes with just being entertainment with no sports like presentation or style to him and it just sometimes it could be grating on my nerves. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Like
3: Yeah, I mean, Jim Ross was almost like Tony Schiavone. I, I obviously I love Tony Schiavone. WCW 96 97. He literally explained everything that you were questioning. And Jim Ross was kind of the same He in this period, you know, when he was given that uh, freedom to, to do this. Uh, and maybe it wasn't necessarily given that freedom. He just did it uh, before he, you know, turned became that heel turn that brought in Razor Ramon and Diesel and all that. Uh, you know, his commentary was great. So uh, he would explain a lot of stuff the way Tony Schiavone did in WCW, and I loved it.
1: Yeah, Jim Ross in the 90s was – like, fantastic. I know some people rag on him today, but there's a reason why Jim Ross is in the position that he's in. Because he's probably, arguably the best play-by-play wrestling announcer of all time. It's either him or, I guess, like Gordon Sola would be up there. Uh, I guess Shivani could put Shivani up there. I don't know who else would be up there, though. I mean, uh, who was the guy that's in Memphis? Lance Russell? Was he a play-by-play was he an interview? I can't even remember off the top of my head. Um... There's been some great broadcasters over the years, but Jim Ross is—he has to be on like you know top two or three play-by-play wrestling announcers ever. Mm -hmm. Are gonna be the best. So, Um, but then we trans. Mister Perfect was not a great announcer, (laughs) but he was good enough that he can be with Jim Ross and sound just fine. So yeah, this was already. I was like, yeah, oh, God, thank you. <laughs> Whew, was this the this first time really you watched this
3: portion of uh, like, Beware of Dog? Is this the first time you consumed uh, it?
1: I feel like I did Beware of Dog on my Throwback Thursdays before, mm. but I don't recall. Maybe I didn't do it, but I thought I did, but I don't know. Um. So, yeah, I couldn't tell you, honestly. I don't remember if I did had hadn't mm. seen this before or not. Pretty sure I did, though, but either way, we move on to the Caribbean strap match between Steve Austin and Savio Vega. Like I said earlier, these two literally wrestle with the lights out (laughs) on on Sunday at Beware of Dog 1. Uh, Of course, we got Steve Austin, who is Stone Cold at this point, but he's not really like, you know, of course, Stone Cold as we know and love him. He's still... Uh, with Ted DiBiase. He's the
3: ringmaster, Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: <laughs> yeah, he has four nicknames before we get to Steve Austin. Uh, also, this is Steve Austin pre knee braces, which almost looks strange. Yeah, it
3: does, doesn't it?
1: He looked like skinnier. And yeah. Of course, he looked more athletic because, you know, his yeah, knees were better. But like, yep. It was strange to see those. No, mm-hmm. at least as him in the black trunks, black knee boots, pads, yeah. Knee yeah. and back, black boots, right? Because that's usually associated with the Stone Cold that we know and love. And that Stone Cold had knee braces. This one didn't even have one. He had no knee <laughs> braces. And I was just like, whoa. And
3: yeah, he wrestled for a while with look. white boots. So he had switched to the black boots around WrestleMania, I think. So this was like his new style that he kept for a long time. <laughs> yeah, forever. Well, For the rest of his <laughs> career. Yeah.
1: Right. This is what we know him as. Black tights, black trunks. Uh, black boots. Um, But, they had this match two nights before, so they had to up the ante for this one. In that, if Steve Austin lost the match, Ted DiBiase had to leave WWF. Oh no. And if Savio Vega lost, he had to be Ted DiBiase's chauffeur. <laughs> he even brought the chauffeur hat to the ring. But of course, in reality... Ted DiBiase was, didn't just leave WWF. He left WWF to go to WCW. <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, this uh, this line during the match, by the way, this is the last one I have for Beware of Dog. But this line during the match uh, kind of made me laugh.
0: DiBiase looking awful nervous in the background. Can you blame him? Would you want to be leaving the WWF? Not now. Absolutely not. Ha! Ha!
1: Ha! Okay. How about
3: that? How about at that? At that
1: point, yes, you leave WWF. <laughs>
3: Scott Hall had already debuted on Nitro by this point, so you damn right.
1: straight he wants to leave. Exactly. Was that a failed shot at Scott Hall and, and Kevin Nash? Do you, why would you want to leave WWF now, <laughs> right? Because we stink. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I get paid more money down here in Atlanta. You crazy? <laughs>
3: yeah. Right. Uh, that baby. Let's loud. rock.
1: That baby. Let's rock and roll. So, yeah, that's what was going on in reality. Uh, this match was... I thought this was a great match. This is probably my favorite match. Yeah, in, it was the longest the one, too.
3: It was like 21 minutes. Right. August this is just
1: a great, hard-hitting match that was... That was, you know, benefited from the commentary of Jim Ross. He was good at calling these types of matches and bringing that intensity and, and conveying that intensity in that, uh, you know, in that hard-hitting style to the viewer with his commentary style. So, Um. Yeah, I enjoyed mm-hmm. this match a lot. This is by far the best match on the show. Yep. Uh, I feel like every strap match, though, has virtually the same ending. <laughs> <Right>?
3: <laughs> feels like it.
1: It just feels like it, right? Where you have the bad guy touching the ropes, but the good guy touching, not touching the ropes, the turnbuckles. Because, <laughs> you know, strap matches, whether it's Caribbean strap matches or Texas bull rope or whatever, you got to hit the four corners yeah. in succession, right? I mean, that's typically what it is. Mm-hmm. And the bad guy always hits the four corner or hits three of them, but the good guy is hitting the, the corners right behind him. So they're like tied up <laughs> before they get to the fourth corner. And then the bad guy doesn't notice, somehow never notices the good guy. Yeah, the crowd cheers. The crowd
3: cheers, right the and they're just like, oh, I guess they start liking me all of a sudden.
1: Right. And then something goes wrong. In this case, Steve Austin pulls Savio Vega into the fourth corner, allowing Savio Vega to pick up the win and send Ted DiBiase packing. Out of WWF, and two World Championship Wrestling. So, Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, what's he going to do? Make more money, probably. <laughs> it's a million-dollar man. Also, to pick up Ted DiBiase, he's been making an appearance in the NXT. You've seen yeah, this? Like, yeah. I, with, uh, with Cameron uh, Grimes? Cameron Grimes, yeah. Which I actually find kind of funny.
3: I haven't been keeping track too much. I just know that... They made a big deal about him appearing in person, and all he did was, uh, or at least last night on NXT, appearing in person, and all he did was like come up on the stage, laugh, and leave. And I was just like, man, what are these, these legend like moments, and appearances that WWE does, that uh, just do nothing for me anymore because they make it see, they make it not mean anything, and it's frustrating. It's like I yeah. want to watch something that means something. <laughs> like, come on.
1: That's fair it, it, it is kind of dope for Cameron Grimes though that he gets to right he's got yeah like work with Ted DiBiase right that's it's good that's a good thing it's to be on screen with Ted DiBiase even though it's mostly Ted DiBiase laughing at him for being broke. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> that's typically the story yeah Um. you know but I still find it kind of funny Uh, but yeah that's the end of Ted DiBiase is running WWF and they give him the yeah, whole na 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 song. That
3: was which the first like, time oh, I they... heard that, by the way.
1: Really? Yeah. In 96? Yeah. I guess that's, that's fair. you only, what, 10, 11 years uh, old? <laughs> t-
3: 11 at this time, yeah. Yeah,
1: I guess that's, that's a... No, that's
3: 10. Fair. 10, because... Oh, yeah, you turn 11 80, in October. Yeah. I'm 95, so... I'll turn 10. Right. I mean, yeah, I'll turn... October of 96, I would turn 11, so yeah.
1: Right. Wow. Well. I'm just surprised they actually used a song, or oh, like they didn't dub over on Peacock. Well, they, WWE Network.
3: They didn't like play it. He was just singing the lyrics.
1: I thought, I thought they played it like in the arena, so I thought I, I heard didn't it hear, I didn't.
3: Well, maybe. Well, my my hearing ain't great, so maybe they did, but I didn't. I didn't, I wasn't paying that close of attention to it, so.
1: Uh, uh. I thought I heard the song. Either way,
3: <laughs> Savio is just that good.
1: Yeah, yes, guess he can sing. Yeah. That boy can sing. He sounded just like the actual song. like <laughs> To me, at least. I didn't know Savio even had a microphone. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Look, go ahead, Savio. You can sing, boy. I thought you was the actual song. Are you, that, didn't they, they, they didn't play the music neither? I could have <laughs> swore I heard the music. Maybe I am tripping, and I just made this up in my mind. <laughs> Maybe I just played it again like I did with New Jack Smash last week. Wanted <laughs> to play Ninja Born Killers* in the background. and muted peacock. Maybe I did that. <laughs> oh, no.
3: <laughs> yeah. You muted Savio. No. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Right, I'm
1: gonna go speaking, back.
3: I'm gonna go back to this. I'm gonna see.
1: Speaking of, uh, real quick aside. Uh, <laughs> back to New Jack. Real quick. Uh, all the stories that have come out about him in the last couple of days, including. At Palooza he apparently wanted to uh, fight Junkyard Dog because Junkyard Dog owed him money or something like that. <laughs> I did not Which hear that. Which is wild. One. Right. And, uh, you know, it's sad that, you know, Junkyard Dog died like a month later. But, like, yeah. apparently at that show, New, York, New Jack like, yo, he owes me money for something. You know, I think he sold him weed or something like that. <laughs> something weird. I forget what it was. But, like, he was like, I'm about to beat up Junkyard Dog. <laughs> like, because he owes me money, bro. So. That is hilarious. That. Yeah <laughs> Alright let me let
3: me pull this up The end of Yeah it says it, Even in the WWE Network It says Vegas sings goodbye to the Million Dollar Man Oh he's sucking
1: Oh my god I'm stupid well,
0: stop the music. Let's, hear let's hear what he's got to say Hold, Hold up for this yeah. night. I got for
1: you, He this plays the song bro the I couldn't swear he played the song And I'm watching it And I have the phone up to the microphone He's
3: singing.
0: They're
1: playing the song. He's
0: singing. Oh, cool.
1: You don't hear the song?
0: No. This is ridiculous. I think it's just soaking in a million dollar
3: man. And look at all the people. Oh, uh, maybe be... His illustrious career
0: to WWF. Alright,
1: all right, they're W-W-A. they're playing the song. By Savio Vega.
0: We're seeing history in I can okay, hear the so
3: instruments. He, okay. I, I vaguely hear it, but uh he started singing and that's what I picked up on. So yeah. He sounded uh, totally different from I wasn't, the song. I wasn't looking uh or hearing looking to hear the instruments or whatever, so when I, he started singing, I just kinda like, okay, he sang. Like I wasn't <laughs> like, even I wasn't paying like, attention like, to the rest at all. Either
1: he either I'm right or he sounds exactly like the song. <laughs> like, or I mean he they did. could have
3: played it in the background, but he was singing, so he might have been singing with the song that was played. Well,
1: yeah, but I could still hear the song. I'm just saying like listening to it again he sounded nothing like that song
0: (laughs) nah 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 hey hey hey.
1: like understandable he had a match he's tired so i give him i give him a 21 minute match right he got got whipped you know what i'm saying all that but like he didn't sound anything like that song i'm I'm like no i wasn't tripping i could have swore i heard that song (laughs) but all right thanks for clearing that up because I'm about to go to the doctor or (laughs) something. Make sure I'm not tripping here. I I might have to go. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving on, though, we go to go backstage and we got Shawn Michaels on a laptop, chatting with his fans (laughs) on America Online. He he was not
3: chatting. He was staring at a screen,
1: staring at the screen, (laughs) trying really hard to read. Apparently, I don't know what the hell's going on. And then he's (laughs) typing with his two index fingers because you know. They didn't teach people how to type back in Shawn Michaels' day. <laughs> like, Not at all. They didn't know how to, how to type. But he's just I used to type, keys, by the way. I, learned,
3: I used to type by looking at the keyboard. Did you type when you started like looking at the keyboard? Or did you always like look at the screen instead?
1: Uh, hmm. I think I do a mixture of both. I can think I can look at the screen and type and look at the keyboard and type. Yeah. I was back, never formally taught how to type. Though. I just okay. Over the years, I've just learned... Quickly with a key. Yeah. We had, do it. Yeah. Do it almost every day for hours on end. You kind of commit right. your fingers to your know, muscle memory, I guess you call it. But uh, Right.
3: We had like a class in school. It was like touch typing for beginners. It, it might have been like part of a different class, but we would like get on a computer and like l- type with uh, both hands on the keyboard and then using all our fingers you know go t- use our right index finger for p and we couldn't move our hands they had to stay where they were and we would just have to move p or whatever uh, move our finger to p or whatever but uh you know a little after this when i got to the internet in like 97 98 and i would be typing i would be looking at the keyboard every single time and i that's how i got fast at typing because i was i knew where the letters were or whatever but i was looking at them so if I made a typo I wouldn't know until I looked up at the screen and then I would obviously fix it or whatever. Nowadays I do a mixture of both but I mostly just look at the screen because I've memorized the keyboard so like I just look right. at the screen most of the time now so it's kind of like funny how that that evolved over time for me personally so
1: yeah. I, I, doubt that, other uh, yeah. I doubt that I doubt that Shawn Michaels has gotten better at typing over the years <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he hasn't had to <laughs> I mean, he got his kids yeah. to do it for him.
3: Probably, yeah.
1: <laughs> you I'm saying? He's just, like, typing for what? <laughs> like, <laughs> kid, come here and do this for me. Which is what most people his age probably do. Probably. Stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. So, moving on from that, though, we got a good old Haas fight here. With Vader versus Yokozuna. We got Vader coming into the match build at 460 pounds. Hmm. Probably, uh, four seventy. <laughs> you know, in reality, <laughs> and we got Yokozuna build at over six hundred pounds. At got over a thousand pounds of weight in this ring. I don't know how many other matches in WWE history can say that. When you think about that, that's there's never I do can't there's never been a time with two five hundred pounders of going at it. This might be the heaviest match in WWF history. I don't know about wrestling history, but at least at least heaviest one-on-one match. I'm sure you have a ten-man tag. You have a bunch of people who weigh over two hundred pounds. You got over probably a ton, literally a ton in the ring. But like one-on-one, I don't know. They
3: had how many times? Uh, oh, actually, yeah, because they had Earthquake and Yokozuna the sumo match. But that was they were probably both thinner. Than Yoko guess, was now yeah, and uh, Vader. You know, earthquake
1: yeah. was like three, like upper three is four hundred, right? Yeah. He was close. He was, but
3: not not as big as Vader, I don't think.
1: I don't think no, neither. So, so there's not many, too many times where you have this much weight in the ring for a one on one match, a thousand pounds, well over it. I think they said Yoko was like six forty something like that. Something I forget the exact number, but he was definitely over six this was, uh, in, in this match. Wasn't this his last match?
3: Or close to his last uh, match in WWF? Uh at least No, he wasn't oh, he
1: at Wrestle no he wasn't at wrestle was he at WrestleMania thirteen?
3: No. No, oh, he was man, gone by then. Yeah. I know ninety six was his last year and I don't know when he was technically released, but he wasn't on TV like Oh, you know what? Survivor Series ninety six he was at so might have been at the end of this year. uh, Oh, man. So, yeah, this wasn't his last match. I don't know what I'm talking about, but Survivor Series 96 might have been his last match.
1: Yeah, it was. I'm looking at good old Wikipedia, and it says Survivor Series 96 was his final WWF appearance. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure how much he was uh, weighing at this point, but, man, it was uh, was, was, a lot, obviously. Yeah. but yeah, over a thousand pounds in the ring. Get, despite the fact that Yokozuna is well over six hundred pounds by this point, he was still very mobile for his size. Yep. Which is not the case for people that are six hundred pounds. Like I've I've seen episodes of six my 600 six hundred pound life. <laughs> uh, and a lot of those people are bedridden, or they can barely move. Like they. Yeah. Yokozuna was running. He's climbing to the top rope like an yeah. incredible athlete for his size it's a shame that he his weight got out of control because if he could have stayed around like 350 400 he would have been man like if he would have stayed at Vader size he would have been a tremendous wrestler mm-hmm. or I say I would say even smaller than Vader because Vader's like 450 or something like that but you know when you're over 600 WWF did the right thing I think in trying to get him to lose weight because that's just it's just too much on your body you know, it's yeah. just, your body can't handle that much weight for too long. You're not going to live too long. And no, Ugozuna unfortunately passed away uh, at a very young age. But damn, he still moved like nobody's business at that. Like I wait, like I said, not many people that size can move like him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one thing I noticed though, when not really I really noticed, just got to give a homage to Vader's theme music <laughs> one of the all time greats. It is.
3: That's like one Jim of the, Johnson. I, th- I think it was on the. It wasn't on full metal, so it was probably on the second volume of WWF The Music. And I would listen to that, you know, like on repeat sometimes because it was. I love that and Ken Shamrock's theme song, like
1: back to oh, yeah, back. That I would, I would too. listen
3: to those two and I would just like get hyped, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Make one punch yourself in the face and go, ah! Right. Like Ken Shamrock.
3: Jump off the balcony, <laughs> and do a Vader bomb on the couch.
1: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Break something and get your yeah. ass whipped for it. But that's just that's how right. it is, you know what I'm saying? Just Playing WS F- Theme music. <laughs> uh, you gotta charge that to the game. Like that's just how it goes, bro. Yeah, like exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's just part of the that's part of life right there. You know what I'm saying? But uh this match began with a lot of posturing between the yeah. two. You got Vader lining up in the three point stance. He did play football professionally. Uh I believe he played for the Rams uh back in the day. Uh Yokozuna got down in a sumo stance. He was not actually a sumo wrestler, but um He still did the stance anyway. Uh but you know Yokozuna would charge and Vader would jump out the way, you know, because he's a heel, you know, he took his time. Uh but eventually they would lock horns, so to speak. And one thing I noticed during this match is that Yokozuna had great babyface fire. Like he would fire up as a baby face. Like, oh mm-hmm. man, I forgot. Like, he had that in him. Like he was a great heel, one of the best of probably the best of his generation. Yeah. Of that new generation era, like Yokozuna was a great heel, but when he turned face, he had like fire to him, and people got behind him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So.
3: Yeah, he was. Uh, he was great. Like. Super he talented. Played the heel great. He played a great baby face. It was just like. Man, they couldn't do anything with him as a baby face, really.
1: No, man, it's a shame. His weight was too much by that point. They could have had something, Um, but yeah, like you said, it couldn't do much. But um, at one point, Vader tries to slam Yokozuna, and Jr. said, "Oh, the only person I can remember slamming Yokozuna was Ahmed Johnson." I was like, "Wait a second! (laughs) Wait a (laughs) second. Hold up! Hold up! So, Lex Luger just don't exist no more now, huh? Don't! Hey, hey! He in W, so he just don't exist.
3: <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: He Y'all had a whole damn show on a whole damn boat. <laughs> where the whole damn show was about body slamming Yokozuna. And this man came down in a whole damn helicopter with a whole damn American flag for a shirt. Got in that ring on that hot ass day in New York and body slammed Yokozuna. <laughs> and it kicked what? off an man, entire what talking about, man? <laughs> and it kicked off an entire summer's worth of story. Which Shim Ross was there Yoko. for. He was in the company for this. And Lex Luger sat in his whole damn bus for a whole damn summer. <laughs> campaigning. Telling people, I'm going to beat Yokozuna at SummerSlam. Why? Because he body slammed him on the USS Intrepid. During a body slam challenge. <laughs> Which turned Lex Luger babyface for the first time in his career probably. Like maybe I don't know was he a face in the NWA and Crockett? I don't remember. He probably was at some point. I guess he had to. Have. Didn't he go against Flair and Crockett? I don't know. I don't remember. Either I way, know, he
3: probably did. But I'm pretty sure he, did. he was champion when he was champion. In the, I think he was a heel, right?
1: So I
3: don't know that he was part remember. of the Horsemen. So
1: yeah, his his the 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 best parts of his career when he was a heel, at least until W and became a babyface. By the way, he slammed Yokozuna <laughs> before <laughs> Ahmed Johnson did. That's the whole point. And it's just like, no, the only person I knew of was that uh, Lex. Oh, no, no, no. Ahmed Johnson. That's who did it. Yep. Ahmed Johnson. Mm hmm. Who's Lex? I don't know. Who's that? Huh? What's that? What you say? You heard something? Flex Cavada. Yeah, hey, we got that kid down in Memphis right now. He's going to be good. <laughs> Yeah, you know, his dad was pretty good. I think he might be. He might be I right too, Flex cavana.
3: like so, two years ago, didn't uh, Mister Perfect? Didn't you have a, something to like, some issue with this person who couldn't beat Yokozuna? I like, just didn't you disqualify him who? at WrestleMania for bringing in Mister Fuji and Jim Cornette into the ring?
1: I I got concussed that day. I don't remember. <laughs> so. Uh. It's just funny. I noticed. I I missed.
3: I missed him saying that. But that's that's so WWF. That's so Vince McMahon. Like, come on. At this point, Lex wasn't like. Yes, he was at high profile in WCW, but I mean, for a very long time, that move meant nothing. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) Lex jumping to WCW literally meant nothing until the whole NWO thing. So, I mean, it it was a
1: big deal when he showed up on Nitro. That was but a yeah, deal. But
3: but yeah, but like nobody was like Oh, Lex went to WCW, I have to abandon the WWF. Like nobody. Right. Did
1: it didn't that, like sway you know? the tide right. in any way. It didn't like make W C W the hot promotion. Making Hulk him a tweeter was there. with
3: sting was kinda weird, but it, I actually liked it, uh, looking back. But even that, like I mean they used them pretty good, but I mean it was just meh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was funny, man. That was really funny, but Eventually, Jim Cornette gets involved. He gets thwarted by Yokozuna. Takes a big bump after Yokozuna headbutts him. Uh, Yokozuna tried to bonsai drop Jim Cornette, which would have ended his life. <laughs> but Vader pulled him out of the way just in the nick of time. And as Yokozuna laid there and sold the miss, Vader climbed up and hit the Vader bomb to win the match.
3: So. Yeah, then he was like Selling his knee. I, I couldn't remember whether he got hurt or what, but he was selling the knee pretty bad. So I was like,
1: huh. well, yeah. How about that? He, he, at least he, uh, I mean, Yoko's leg was supposed to be hurt in storyline at least. Right. Um, so well, hey, sure Vader was selling injury. his leg. Like, after right, I'm not match. sure about Vader's injury.
3: But, and then it was funny. I was like, did he miss time? But I was like, no, that's this year he made have been at SummerSlam which against Shawn Michaels. So like literally like two, three months later, so I don't know. Right. Which well, he should have won, really, by the yeah, way. Yeah.
1: Should have won. Yeah. But they then we wouldn't have got that awesome Shawn Michael's
3: reason. Mankind match.
1: <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, we did. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vader should have won a title. Let's be honest. Yeah. He should have won a title. So after this match, we move on to a commercial. I love it. If this was the most bizarre commercial I've ever seen and you wonder really? why I love it no one ordered this pay-per-view <laughs> it's Like you see this commercial wait you like this I loved it I thought it was creatively right. awesome so let's run through it real quick it's a commercial with Jerry Lawler Jerry the King Lawler it's a commercial for the king of the ring which is next month's pay-per-view right He's in his castle, he's in his throne room, and these two poor kids are like, please, sir, may I have some food, sir? And he's like, nah, get out of here. And he, he feeds the off. food to a damn, he feeds the food to a dog, like a scoundrel that he is, right? In that moment, he chokes on the food and dies. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> already
3: starts great. It's already
1: awesome. Chokes on the food and dies and goes to wrestling heaven. <laughs> or the big ring in the sky, I guess as he called it. <laughs> while he's in heaven <laughs> I, I wrote here I guess he had it coming that he died because he gave the food to the dog but while he's in heaven he claim he claims himself the king of heaven and then Elvis shows up hits him in the head with a guitar it's like you ain't no king boy and he's joined by other kings I guess yeah including Don King <laughs> Don King, That's great. not only was he not dead in 1996, <laughs> he's not dead today. He's still alive. <laughs> what the hell was, why was he in heaven? Because he was a king.
3: You had he wasn't people, dead. You had a, a king uh, from uh, that, you know, the other king on the other side of Elvis. That looked like the king from Keenan and Kel. When uh, they went to visit the president, and the king came in, King David or something came in with Keenan and Kel in the office. Remember that one? Uh, He looked like that guy, but then he had Dog King on the other side. So it was you know to make sure that you knew, hey, there's a bunch of kings here. But and I got it right away. Plenty of dead kings.
1: Plenty of dead kings to choose from. But I wouldn't have known.
3: I wouldn't have known those dead kings. I was only I was only ten years old. Did you well, know the Don other king. dead kings?
1: I knew Don King. Did you know the other dead kings? I
3: knew the mummy. Knew the mummy. Uh. What? <laughs> well, they were do- they were all on commentary. Like he's no king, he's no king. Uh. Right, I remember it. They had a pharaoh there. That's yeah,
1: it's great. A white man just as a pharaoh, which is like, <laughs> get that, out of here. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that one at all.
2: <laughs>
1: get out of town, <laughs> right?
2: Such good shit.
1: Exactly. <laughs> The white guy to play the pharaoh here, but Don King isn't dead, bro. <laughs> Why did they do this to him? Why did they put him in heaven? I guess Jerry Lawler isn't dead either, so maybe in this but, yeah, fictional, right. maybe in this fictional universe, they're both dead. He gave he gave food to a dog too,
3: somewhere down the line.
1: He probably did do that in real life, <laughs> Don, Don King. Who knows? That was a strange. And then at the end, you see this devil. So well, I guess he's, he's a, king he's, of hell. Yeah, he
3: said, "Where am I?" And then you see the devil. So clearly, they're all in hell.
1: What the hell? No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: wait, are you sure
1: there's no pun intended? What was this? Now he's in the hell. This is supposed to be a family product, and now we're sending King to hell. <laughs> also, who was was, well, was was man Satan?
3: Well, oh, you know what? I didn't put two and that two together, like Vince. but. Uh, hey I see I see the resemblance now that you mentioned it but i I didn't you know when I' watched it that commercial by the way is on YouTube in its entirety so if you go to YouTube and just search king of the ring 96 commercial like it'll pop up but uh you know that is kind of funny you know that you go that you said vince I didn't think it at first but I might have to go back there and like check because the hair was definitely on it looked, point with the, it looked like uh vince's
1: hair it looked like vince so. It's like Vince, but that commercial was stupid. And,
3: you, and it would make sense because like Vince is Jerry's partner, and he, they're always fighting. So Vince so, wants to send him to hell, but I mean Vince is in hell too. So <laughs> what a what a cell phone, right?
1: Or or Roddy Piper too, right? When he can make the God. phone call to Vince. Oh. No, Roddy Piper is not in hell. <laughs>
3: See, I don't know, like, but they have a. Relationship that Roddy would find that funny? I don't know.
1: Like, I, I guess only Vince knows that because exactly Roddy Piper is no longer here with us. So like everyone I like guess. freaked
3: out on social media, and I get why. Because I mean, how weird. does his family feel like watching that? It's probably weird, but you know, it would Roddy have just, last? I don't know. <laughs>
1: what What was this about? Like, why? That was a random thing. It was Vince got it a really weird was. sense of humor. It I didn't really find was. it. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> It like was what? to him
3: though, which
1: is that's a whole different,
3: yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things that happen in WWE that are just funny to Vince McMahon, and that's, that's it. true. That's true. Like the zombie, like a zombie lumberjack match.
3: Which, by the way, which the Miz the tore, tore his ACL. His ACL. Yeah, man, that
1: sucks. That's like his first major injury. It is tore his ACL yeah, in man. a zombie. Lumberjack match of all the things the Miz could have got hurt doing. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. But it's just, you watch this commercial and you would never know something historic happened at this show that changed the course of wrestling. Because, of course,
3: Ultimate Warrior, Warrior and Triple and, H, uh, Jerry Lawler.
1: That as well. But wasn't Ultimate Warrior on the poster too for this show? Yeah, strange. What a strange, <laughs> what a he strange was, show. He was, but,
3: Brian <laughs> Pillman came in too. By the way, at
1: this show. <laughs> that's true. Wasn't that was that his debut? Uh
3: don't know if it was his debut on TV, but it was his first pay per
1: view. So crazy. Mm, yeah, that is true. Uh, but as we said earlier, Triple H supposed to win the King of the Ring in '96. Curtain call happens. Yoink! That's not happening now. So the next person in line, I guess. Was Steve Austin, of course, and Steve Austin goes on to win King of the Ring. He wins it with a stunner, beats Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts cutting the religious promos, and Steve Austin claps back by coining the term Austin 316. And off we went. <laughs> you know, T-shirts are selling. Austin becomes the biggest start in the business. That would have never happened if it wasn't for the curtain call, though, and Triple H getting in trouble and not being and being having his King of the Ring victory revoked so to you know so to speak you know so it's this weird thing how things weird how things fall into place the way they happen but judging by this commercial this show was going to be trash and it's probably not going to be watched by anybody and they would have missed it i i hey
3: i ordered it taped it i know you did
1: (laughs) you ordered all these shows
3: I, i remember so I think I saw that commercial on, like, an episode of Raw that I was watching on the network, like, last year, and I totally forgot about it. So when I saw it again, I was like, yes, this is awesome. Like, I remember this. And I was like, That's, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I still do.
1: Wild stuff. <laughs> wild stuff. That's all. That's all. <laughs> That's a wild commercial. That's probably, if you want to look up, like, the whole pantheon of wild WWF commercials that they've done over the years that has to be up there right I mean maybe it has to be it's such a stupid commercial <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't know all the kings are there so and Elvis Pharaoh Don King and Don and Jerry,
1: and Don <laughs> he's not dead whatever Moving on to the main event of the evening. Oh of Beware of Dog Two or Beware of Dog. Or whatever you want to call it. It's the main event. It's Beware the last of show do. of this year.
3: Beware event. of du
1: Yeah. I guess. I mean D E U X, like is that how you pronounce it? D-U-E? D-U-E? No, yeah.
3: Duh? duh.
1: No. Duh. I took French and in- I got a C in French oh, in okay. high school and college, so Right,
3: well, I'll defer to you, uh, but we're of Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, you know, I'm a sort of an expert. I'm the authority here on that. With uh, my C. gets degrees, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a living example of that, at least when it comes to French class. Um, duh, D E U X, duh. So okay. there you go. But it's a casket match for the Intercontinental Championship. Dust defending against the Undertaker. Which got me to thinking: How many Intercontinental Championship matches did The Undertaker ever have in his career? This might be the one and only time he challenged for, because I don't recall him ever doing it again. Did he face? I know Kane faced Triple H when he was the
3: Intercontinental Champion, like in 2002 or something. Right. I don't know. If and the there was a time went, where, yeah,
1: remember when they did the Two Man Power Trip with yeah. Austin and Triple right. H when Austin was World Champ, Triple H was IC Champ. Kane and Undertaker, they were the tag champs, so they challenged mm-hmm. Triple H and Austin for pretty much all the gold. I would assume, though, the Undertaker would have been the world champ had they had won, and Kane would have been the IC champ, not the other way around. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't recall Undertaker ever challenging for the Intercontinental Championship before or after this. So, if you uh, know of that information out there, feel free to let us know, because I have no clue. <laughs> if that's the case. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting fact. Also, uh, we have Undertaker in his purple gear, which if you've been watching the Buried Treasure Show recently, that's on A and I've been watching that show a little bit, which is hosted by AJ Francis, who's on NXT now as a heel. Uh so that's funny. Uh he he only wore that purple gear for like a short period of time. And he didn't wear it again after SummerSlam 96 when Paul Bear turned on him. And the urn that was used when Paul Bear turned on him was one of the quote-unquote buried treasures they were looking for. And they found in like a funeral home or funeral museum. I forget where. I don't know if it was Texas or somewhere else. But they found it in this very rare item that I think Paul Bear was walking around with on this night too. Uh, it looked exactly the same. So just a little... Uh, Memorabilia information. Have you watched that show at all? I watched
3: the. I think I watched the Undertaker one, but it like not all the way through. Maybe like bits and pieces. So I still have to go back and watch those episodes.
2: It's,
1: so. it's interesting. You could tell it's kind of staged. You know, the, the, the I no know they have like Triple H and
3: Stephanie like come on and say
1: say things, which right. Is weird but okay they don't have that much vested interest in this stuff like <laughs> yeah. let's not kid ourselves um but it's, an, it's, it's interesting like, yeah, to the, see the,
3: the ending's already known and they're just kind of like building up to it or something
1: right and they generally like. get the items they want yeah they're talking about aj francis like oh, i got a budget it's like no you don't this is wwe <laughs> <laughs> They they want to pay twenty thousand dollars for that thing they will pay twenty thousand dollars <laughs> for that Anything's coming out of his pocket, like he might have a budget. Right, when, you're only, you wrote,
3: when you're only paying the talent ten percent, you have plenty of money to throw around. So.
1: Right? <laughs> uh, they already flying around the country trying to get the stuff. That's part of the budget too, right? Yeah. yeah. the pandemic, um, jeez. Right, or uh, maybe it was pre-pandemic. I'm, I don't uh, know. Maybe,
3: maybe. Uh, are there masks? Have Have you seen anyone wear a mask, like walking around or anything? Not that I can recall. So maybe it was pre-pandemic.
1: Not that I can recall, but. Um, it's an interesting show. Just to see some of the, the items that they go looking for. Like I said, the purple gear was interesting. Uh, cause I didn't know he wore it for that short a period of time. Or like, yeah, uh, I the urn or... Too. Yeah, that's like an iconic gear. Yeah. The purple stuff. He only wore it two um, years. <laughs> yeah, I didn't look... I, I didn't know he wore it for that short period of time. But like, they had... What did they have? They had like, um, Annie Kaufman's neck brace they found or... <laughs> Uh, the Unabomb gear, Kane's Unibomb gear, when he was in Smoky oh, Mountains. Hey, it was he was one in of one.
3: USWA like that too, right? Or was he like dooms- so. Doomsday there or
1: something? Maybe, but they the, the unibomb gear they definitely had that and they found that he was in it was in Kane's attic, which is an easy place to find it. They had what was it? Booker T's King Booker rope that he wore one time when he lost to Triple H at SummerSlam in '07, uh, and that was I think the last appearance of King Booker. <laughs> So, they wrote me one, one time, they found that somewhere or whatever. But, you know, it's an interesting show. Mm-hmm. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they're eventually going to build up to. Because they're collecting these items. And it's like, we want them on display for everybody to see. It's like, well, they're in your warehouse. So, nobody's seeing them. <laughs> Unless you go to WrestleMania and they have them display at, like, yeah. the access. So, it's like, they have to have something else in store for all this stuff. And I think it's going to lead up to a physical brick and mortar WW Hall of Fame. It has man, to.
3: We, yeah, there's no other. Like, how are you going to run this TV series and then, like, not have anyone see these things in person?
1: Right, except like fans for, like, that a couple days out of the year. Yeah. so At WrestleMania every year. Which is stupid because not everyone goes that. there. Like, not everyone's going to exactly. go there. You
3: know, I'm never going to go. I'm not going to travel for WrestleMania. I'm going to wait till it comes to Philly, damn it. Or North Jersey.
1: <laughs> there you go.
3: <laughs> not New York, North Jersey.
1: North Jersey, damn it. Give Jersey to, some love. If they go to MSG,
3: I'll go. That'd be cool, but... I've never been in MSG, not, by the way. I would love to be there for like a wrestling event, but uh.
1: they're not going to be a WrestleMania there, so don't worry about Aww. that. <laughs> Come on, they, they have to. There. They have to. They're not. They're not. They've had twenty plus years of do, they it. do, do it. They could do. They
3: could do the two nighter thing at MSG.
1: No, nah, they're not going to do it. Um, <laughs> uh, the two night <laughs> gimmick. Not do it. <laughs> they did the two night gimmick at MetLife <laughs> before they do that MSG, but um. I think I think it might lead up to that. I mean, I haven't heard any butt about that, but I can see that being the case. Mm. It just doesn't make any sense to have all this stuff and only put it on display like four right. days a year, right? For like you said, only how many people go to WrestleMania every year? You know, maybe I mean maybe a hundred thousand. If you count the people that go to the show and the people that go to the independent show right. and the people yes. that uh, live in the town that you know is hosting it, that's you know. There's millions of wrestling fans out there. So, I don't know. But, there's an interesting, interesting little tidbit about Undertaker's gear on this night. Also, he did not make an entrance. Which is odd. Sorter. Because he usually makes a big grand entrance. But, uh, he just appeared in the ring behind gold dust. And got things popping. <laughs> and started and ready to go. The superstars hit things
3: oh. running, running late. Come on. Let's go.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Get, get people home. Um... Interesting thing about Goldust, though, this was the night after he kissed Ahmed Johnson <laughs> while he was on the stretcher. Yeah. And
3: they showed the highlights of that. And, uh, yeah, I forgot about that for a little bit. So, yeah, I didn't realize how many times he did. I thought he just did it once, but no, he did no. it like three or four times. It's like, oh, he got damn.
1: in there, bro. <laughs> he got in there. And apparently Ahmed Johnson, I think I heard he was shoot mad about that. Well, I mean, it took forever to get
3: up. He could have got up after the first one. Could have like, been got well, up. Why do you?
1: Why do you stay there? Like, could have been got up. The Jr. Sucks. called it sick and hideous. <laughs> uh, sexual assault. So yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> call it that. Call it what it is. Sexual yeah. assault. <laughs> Kiss somebody unwillingly, uh, against their will, so to speak. Um, but yeah, we, this was a match. I mean, yeah, nothing. By the way, th- there was a. Uh,
3: Something happened in the match. Undertaker threw Goldust over the top rope, over the casket, and he's kind of like, oh, scared of the casket type thing, and he starts walking away. And a fan, did you see the fan slap him on the head?
1: Yeah, that fan, I think, almost hit Undertaker too, but he definitely slapped Goldust in the head.
3: Imagine that today. That fan would be gone. Like, <laughs> like snatched not, up. You, we would see it either on TV or whatever. He'd be gone. Like, Escorted out or whatever, like, and that happened a lot back in the day. The fans used to touch the wrestlers a lot, and All I missed the this the first time. I didn't really like. He literally slapped him on the head, yeah. like he it, like he wasn't even in the front row. Like you see him come up to do it, and then like he's there's like this walkway or whatever. There's not even seats there. I was like, where the hell does this guy come from, and why is he touching like slapping Goldust's head? Like I, I just I find it incredible that in this time frame fans did that stuff all the way up to like the really early 2000s and then finally you know after i guess vince could focus on ring security you know it stopped happening where fans would always touch the the wrestlers and they had more space to work with they you know put the other barriers up and they maybe they expanded the uh, uh the the area around the ring a little bit. So the fans weren't that close. The fans aren't even close near the stage anymore, you know, the ramp. So they have plenty of room to work with now without worrying about getting touched by fans. This is pre pandemic. So, uh, yeah, I just, it, that stood out to me so much. I was like, this fan just like came up and slapped him on the head. And there was like no security at all. <laughs> it's crazy.
1: I did notice that, uh, yeah, just different time, man. Same thing with like Big Show or J- the Giant smoking a cig <laughs> while he's walking to the ring in WTW. Oh, it's like man. back to a time where people could just smoke indoors. That's right. Can't do that no more. People will look at you so crazy if you're smoking indoors now. What, sir? What are you doing? Put that cigarette out. So, just a <laughs> like, different time Gino back in totally. the day. <laughs> I knew he, I got he, that from somewhere. He
3: was he was uh he was on uh, top was ta- of it before anyone actor. else.
1: <laughs> this is yeah, this was after Royal Rumble ninety two and he's yeah. just talking off screen? Put that cigarette out. Yeah. <laughs> who was he talking to? Who had the cigarette? Like what the hell was going know. on in there? Like he's, right. he's interviewing Rick happening?
3: Flair who just won the WWF title in the Royal Rumble and then he does that. Like,
1: what the hell? <laughs> Put that cigarette out. <laughs> Even Gene Oakland was against smoking indoors back in 92, you know. So you knew it was, it was over with for smokers right. indoors. This is just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. Just a matter of time. Uh, back to this match, though. We got Gold Dust hitting a tombstone on The Undertaker. Yeah. How many people get did that back in the day? Mm. Um, Undertaker sat right up, though. It didn't, didn't do any effect to him. No, not at all. Uh, Undertaker hit a tombstone of his own. Uh, and was about to put gold dust inside of the gold casket, which I thought was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mankind was in the casket. oh. He gets up out the casket, attacks the Undertaker, puts him in the mandible claw, puts Undertaker in the casket, and closes it to give gold dust an unlikely win over the Undertaker in a casket match. Undertaker lost so, so
3: many casket matches. It's like crazy. He did. Oh,
1: yeah, he did because he, he lost to Yokozuna in a casket match, right? <laughs> yeah. Then he mm-hmm. lost to Shawn Michaels a couple years later in a casket match. That's true. I take anyway. that back now.
3: <laughs> he won take a it lot. Back. I mean, he beat Kamala. He beat Mabel.
1: Beat Mark but, Henry
3: eventually. Oh yeah, Mark Henry. That yeah, that's right. Like, right. but casket matches are not the Undertaker's uh, best match.
1: It was always a good way to write them off TV. Apparently, too. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's
3: true. <laughs> And a so, good way to get that Mankind Undertaker feud going. I think their first match yes. was at King of the Ring. So was,
1: they had a normal match. Then they had the yes. Boiler Room Brawl and yep. then the Beared Alive. Right. Yeah.
3: And then another one at Survivor Series, which was like Paul Bear and the Shark Cage. So they had like quite a series of matches. Just in right. ninety six.
1: And Mankind beat Undertaker at King of the Ring, which was like, whoa. Straight up match he beat him. Mm. That was rare. So yeah, I, I wrote that down. Like the match was fine, but it was just a really a good way to further the feud between Mankind and the Undertaker, that would take up the rest of the year, pretty much in '96. Um, before the ma- the show was over, the casket would become like consumed in smoke. Yeah, and where the smoke was, became bellowing, you know, someone's, started bellowing out of it. Someone's
3: smoking inside the casket, like, "What the right.
1: hell? What the hell's going on? Put that cigarette out," like Gene <laughs> said. Paul Bear opens the casket. And Undertaker has vanished.
3: He acts like he doesn't it's know anyway. Like he, Paul Bear, you know where exactly where he is. Shut up.
1: Paul Bear was hysterical Your at this point. Fake. Oh, where did he go? He's gone! Where is he? Where's my Undertaker? <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't like my Paul Bear? Oh, no, I love thing.
3: it! I love it. We're putting it in the intro. We're putting it at the end of the show. Your Donnie Wahlberg and your Paul Bear is the best. Oh my god! <laughs>
2: Where did he go? <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> he said, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Where my Undertaker! Gone. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's gone. He
1: gone! <laughs> He he would do the voice, but it's still his southern accent sometimes would come through still. Yeah. It's like come on, Paul, you know where he is. Like relax. (laughs) Oh, and that is Beware of Dog, Dog. which they somehow (laughs) Right, they somehow got through and delivered on all these matches. It took three days and a severe thunderstorm but what they got there. So any final thoughts on um, beware of dog one oh, and
3: man. two <laughs> uh, i just i remember thinking it was weird like Shawn michaels first couple of matches like diesel made sense and obviously i didn't realize he was going to show up at wcw like the next month so i was just kind of like okay this is weird that he's now like feuding with bulldog who literally just had like a pay-per-view main event match against bret hart when he was the champion and he lost then he lost to diesel and it's like, why is Bulldog still always in these main events? And it was just kind of weird for me because I never viewed him as like a main eventer type, you know, at, at that point. And to f- find out like he basically quit the company, <laughs> it's just like, oh, like because of the storyline, it's just like, why continue it? I don't even remember if they continued that womanizer type story to King of the Ring, but they had a match at King of the Ring where Sean won. So, and then they went to, you know, the July in your house where Vader pinned him to lead to SummerSlam. So, I don't know, like, what the reasoning behind putting him but Bulldog was. Like, Bulldog, was he, like, the, the best guy at the time? Or was it just about the storyline? Like, I just didn't understand it. But, you know, Sean wasn't in a great place either. So, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he didn't understand it either.
1: Yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on with that. That was bizarre. Uh The show... Uh, unfortunate that the mother nature didn't cooperate. I'm sure that messed up the whole rhythm and timing of the show. But I thought just for a a standalone pay per view, not great, but as a show that would further stories, it was decent as far as furthering, yeah, getting Ted DiBiase away from Steve Austin, furthering that Undertaker mankind story. The show served its purpose. Is you know. It, you can't. You almost can't even judge some of these shows on their own because they're, they're in your houses, especially in the beginning, were just like like you said, fifteen dollar shows that were two hours. They were specials, but they weren't like the big shows like King of the Ring, Survivor Series, WrestleMania, Rumble, Summer yeah. Slam, where big things would happen. A lot of times, it would just be furthering a story. So that's what you saw on this night. So it was okay. And again. It sucks that, uh, you know, the uh, weather didn't cooperate, but it is what it is. So, with that said, let's wrap it up for episode 284 of The Straight Shooters. Nick, take us out with some plugs, please. Now,
3: we got John Moxley and Eddie Kingston wrestling the Young Bucks for the tag team titles, at double or nothing. How about that? How about that? You can follow me at Nick McCone on Twitter and follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter, and you could can- Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. You can listen to this podcast at phillyinfluencer.com, phillyvoice.com. And I did join, uh, you know, last second I joined Fox Sports The Gambler with John Jansen. This past Friday night, we went over WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, There was like a pool that was just put up Friday afternoon. So the timing with this whole WWE DraftKings uh, partnership is kind of, it's like... Kind of crazy because the pools aren't up, you know, early enough for us to talk about it, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll be able to bring you more content on on that stuff on Fox Sports The Gambler at some point. But uh, check us out. We'll definitely check out SummerSlam weekend. Uh, So hopefully, we have some news uh, for that coming shortly. But. Uh, SummerSlam weekend. You know, we're hoping that, uh, you know, same type of stuff we did with WrestleMania. So uh, keep that in your back pocket.
1: All right. WrestleMania Backlash. One of the worst pay per view names of all time. Nah, so. nah. I mean, stupid. You
3: know, you had SummerSlam Spectacular on TV, you had Survivor Series Showdown on TV. This was no different than Peacock just wanting uh, more people to watch. I'm cool with it.
1: That was, st- it was stupid. It's not Great it Balls really of Fire. Dumb. Come on. I said one of the worst, not the worst. Just, <laughs> I can't wait for King of the Ring Money in the Bank next.
3: Dude, that's perfect.
1: Or No Mercy Judgment Day.
3: Money King in the Ring Bank.
1: Wow. Love it. Where are we going to get Survivor CLC series? <laughs> All right.
3: Summer Mania Slam, Russell.
1: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. But... I'm at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can't find me there. You can find me out here in the streets. Uh, a little bit more than I have been in the last year at least. Because your boy is fully vaccinated and enjoying the spoils of life somewhat again. Uh, you can find my writing on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Going to have some good stuff coming up in the near future. You can find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Radio. Subscribe to some exclusive content and make a request for a future deep dive. We're gonna get back into those requests very soon, we promise. Okay, we're gonna cover some different things here and there, but we got some requests coming down the pike, and if you wanna make your request, go subscribe for the nominal fee of two bucks, and we shall fulfill that request. Also, we'll invite you on the show, drop by for a couple minutes, maybe five minutes or so, and give your thoughts on the content that we're deep diving into. Again, it doesn't have to be a wrestling show necessarily, it could be a movie, it can be a TV show. It could be, I don't know, there's a music video out there or something. Whatever it is, as long as it's wrestling related, we will deep dive into it. And we'll have a good time. So join us again, Patriot.com slash Shooters Radio. Check us out. Nominal fee of 2 bucks. But until next time, for Nick McCone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 284 of The Straight Shooters. And we'll catch you all again next week. You listen to the straight shooters, this Donnie Wahlberg from WrestleMania 10. And you listening to Vaughn Johnson and Nick Pacone like the straight shooters,
0: y'all.